You're listening to Thunder Quack Podcast Network. The Thunderquack Podcast, Nuff Said, for our Shang-Chi review. I am one of your hosts, Michael Cohen, alongside the astonishing Amanda Konkin and spectacular Curtis Finley. Uh, finally, we have finally made it. We did it at long last. We're going to talk about <laughs> Shang-Chi, uh, uh, which was, yeah, it, it's, it's been a few months. It's been a few months. Um, <laughs> but, yeah, I, uh, had to, uh, I had to rewatch it today because I completely forgot most of the movie <laughs> which that, it doesn't speak to the movie because it actually is really good but um i just needed to, a refresher yeah for sure i feel like i had i had watched it too many times in the theater to forget about it and then but then i did when it came out again because i had every time people had said that they hadn't seen it because it was one of those stealth ones where even my friends that go to marvel movies like hadn't really seen it and i was like oh i'll go to the theater with you and then i was i had a buddy visiting uh when it came out on disney plus and i was like oh I'll watch it with you. So I've just been making like as many people <laughs> as I can watch it. And everybody's really enjoyed it, but it's been nice for me to be able to watch it lots of times. So, anyway. That's good. Yeah. I only, uh, that's only my second time watching it. Ah. Nice. But you guys are yeah, fresher I than think... me. I, I, I've, it's been a few days or like a couple weeks since I saw it last. So, uh, I, I didn't actually end up watching it today. I, I, ah, uh, okay. I ended up, I ended up doing chores instead, but, uh, but, uh, but then it, there was kind of like, when I hit that, uh, the, 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 the point of no return on it, I was kind of like, ah, I could start watching it now. I still have time. I still have time. I still have time. <laughs> and then I was like, and then I did what my brain does, which is usually reserved for star Wars movies. When I feel like watching a star Wars movie, like a lot of the time I'll get to the point of like, like I should watch a star Wars movie. And then my brain really quickly goes through all nine of the main films. And I go, <laughs> Okay, I guess I just did, and it literally yeah, like, yeah, it yeah, did yeah. that. It did that with Shang Chi, which okay. I've I think I've watched three, maybe four. I think maybe four times now. Um, one of them was like kind of in the background, but um, yeah, I love this movie. I, I loved this movie from start to finish, and it was like an instant classic for me. So uh, uh, I'm like I'm, I'm I've been good to talk about this. I it you know what. I wasn't good to talk about it for a while because I just wanted to enjoy it. I think we talked about that mm-hmm. a little bit that like, and, and Amanda, you and I have talked about this on Thunderquack so many times, this idea that like when we review things, sometimes we kind of suck the joy out of it. Like it, it, yeah. yep. it made Arrow way less fun than it probably was for other people because <laughs> all of a sudden we have to care about who wrote this episode 
and who directed it. And when you see the name of the director at the beginning, you're like, oh my God, I've forgotten his name now, but the stunt coordinator guy. And you're like, oh yeah, yeah, yeah. All right, like, here we go. Gonna be. Yeah, yeah. Here comes another episode yeah, yeah. full of handhelds uh, for no reason, <laughs> completely unmotivated shots, and then great action James sequences. Bamford, shout out, James shout out Bamford. to James Bamford. Yeah, James Bamford, who excelled, absolutely excels at the 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 action and should be running the the cinematography and like the camera and everything when they're doing the action sequences but really really needs to 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 work on the dramatic side of things well i mean he um, did he did he just did it he got yeah 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 we, yeah. Just, yeah, we just watched him do it we just watched him do it it's all good yeah learning on the job anyways <laughs> we're not here to it. talk about arrow so so yeah so like there was a, there was kind of a thing of like originally i kind of just didn't want to i didn't want to like get into the the nitty-gritty of this one um and then also i never i was never able to go back to the theater and watch it a second time i i just because of of life and having kids and a, an actual full-time job that <laughs> requires my attention so <laughs> Um, so it was always like, oh, okay, yeah, I guess we'll do. And, and since these are on like a four week cycle now, it's like, that was the other thing is that I think we weren't really, we hadn't made that decision yet. I, I, to, to to put it in the spot. Like every four weeks. Yeah. Yeah. So it was like, oh, we got to like pick another day of the week to do it. And it, yeah, I just didn't didn't have it in me, but we're doing it. There's just, there's just so much stuff coming out too. And you factor in all of the, the Marvel shows and stuff like there's more than two things per month coming out. It seems. Yeah. Well, I mean, so, so just to, to jump ahead, like we have to make a call of, are we going to talk about Spider-Man next? Or are we going to talk about Hawkeye next? And part of me is like, Part of me is like, well, we should talk about Hawkeye as soon as possible because Hawkeye is a Christmas story. It would be really nice to be able to talk about it right now, but there's two episodes remaining this week and next week, right? But Spider-Man comes out this week. As we record this, Spider-Man is like No Way Home releases on Thursday. As a matter of fact, people are currently in, I think, Hollywood. Yep. Uh, in Los Angeles right now watching the movie. So stay off the internet because people are going to spoil the crap out of this movie. You're not going to avoid it if you're on Twitter. Um, and I, it's, I, I, I have to make the decision. It's a 1030 tonight is when, is when the screening is done, which is about half an hour from now. And I, I, the expectation is that when that happens, there will be idiots who immediately go on and tell everybody about all of the people that are in this movie that we don't officially know about yet. Oh, and absolutely. I don't, and I don't want to, right? So it's like, I think I have to, I think I literally have to stay off social media, which is really hard for me. Let me, let me know how that goes for but, you, man. It's going yeah. to be an interesting week. It's only, it's only really like, like, three days tuesday wednesday and then most of thursday so i don't know know. maybe i can do it maybe i can do it i could use that time and just like we've ever had like i I could just like watch actual tv shows instead of talking about them on twitter um yeah yeah so I could also just mute No Way Home and Spider-Man and all of the phrases that would Well, be. that catches some stuff, but it's not like yeah. that won't catch everything. 
Um, anyways, uh, so I think I think we've kind of decided we're gonna do Spider Man next because that's probably the story that'll have more impact. We Spider Man. Mike has decided that we're gonna do Spider Man next. Uh, well, no, I'm I, the one. I, I'm the one who wrote Kurt, it on our little crib notes oh, here. Did you? Yeah, oh, Kurt, Curtis wrote it in the thing. So I uh, and am and, I paying attention and, to the thing? Oh, yeah. hey, there it is. I'm on the same page. <laughs> yeah, and 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 I feel like I'm in agreement with him. So we had that discussion without needing to talk. Uh, okay. I, but yeah, we ha- we're on the same wave- wavelength. Yeah, yeah, okay. I think that. I think I think after we walk out of Spider-Man later this week, we're going to want to talk about it immediately. So definitely, the next episode will will definitely be Spider-Man. Um, I don't know. I don't know. The holidays are coming up and maybe we'll all be bored and have extra spare time <laughs> to do an extra episode in between. But we'll see. I mean, I do. We'll so if you guys want to talk about it, you just let me know how your family Because you're just going to be stuck in the Okanagan and <laughs> it's either be... talk to us or talk to your parents, right? <laughs> oh, yeah. It's all good. It's, I'll, I'll figure it's it's fine, though. Yeah. Uh, let me know. Let me know. I am kind of my gosh. Sorry. This is like the most meandering enough said. We haven't actually no, talked okay. about the this actual thing the we're talking about. But this I have made an active choice that I cannot care as much about Spider-Man spoilers because I'm going down for the holidays. And I went a few years ago with my friend and uh, her kid to see Spider-Man uh, into the Spider-Verse. And it just so happens that now this Spider-Man is coming out again. It's like mm-hmm. a thing that we both we both are kind of nerdy. And so she really, she thought that that would be cool if we would take her kid again to go see something. So I'm excited to go, but I'm not going to see it until Sunday. So I have to, I have to last the whole Ooh. actual like weekend, but I'm going to be like, I'll, I'll, I'll be like, I like have to fly down and then I'll be like with my sister. So I'll try to avoid the internet by doing like human things in the world. And see if I can Weird. avoid spoilers that much. I know, right? Weird. But anyways, either way, I feel like I'm just gonna like enjoy it for like a way to bring people. See, my 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 thing is that is that um I don't I I don't I don't I don't want to talk to real people, um, <laughs> especially I mean, for the last that's few fair. weeks. I I I am I really don't like talking to real human beings. I I I very much prefer interacting I, I i the thing that i like about social media is that it's there when i feel like it as opposed to like when you're in a room full of other actual people you're like oh man here comes somebody i and it really doesn't matter who um and i've had quite i've had quite enough of real people amanda i think can can attest to that because <laughs> yeah. she was there on saturday yeah. Yeah. Uh, and there were quite a few real people in a very close space for the first time in two years uh, yeah. for for yeah. me that was the, it, was, it was intense but um uh yeah so i so that's why i like I, I i was excited to get back to social media this week and now i'm all of a sudden like ooh, maybe i'll stay off but uh anyways <laughs> Shang Chi, you want you guys want to want to give the details uh, here? I'll, I'll I'll do this first part. Shang Chi is the twenty fifth feature film in the MCU, released on September third, twenty twenty one, in theaters. That's the uh, North American release date. I think it might have been different in uh, in the UK, but uh, or, and it's always different in Asia. I think they usually get it like two weeks later. But twenty um, fifth, the last episode we did was the twenty sixth because we're way out of order. It's all. <laughs> But Amanda, you want to take it from there? 
I sure do. Uh, so the producers on the film uh, were Kevin Feige and Jonathan Schwartz. Executive producers Victoria Alonso, uh, Luis Desposito, Charles Neuwirth, and co-producer David J. Grant. This was directed by Dustin Daniel Critton, and the screenplay was by David Callahan, Dustin Destin Daniel Critton, and Andrew Lenham. And the screen story was by uh, Dave Callahan and Dustin Daniel Critton. And the music was by Joel P. West. And we got a, a nice long cast here. Um, of course, we have Simu Liu as Shang-Chi. Aquafina as Katie. Uh, we have uh, some of these names. I, 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 I apologize if we mess them up because I'm just not familiar with pronouncing a lot of these kind of things. But I'll do my best here. Uh, Munger Zhang as Xu Shu Shila. <laughs> Man, I'm gonna mess these all up. Um, Xu Xialing. Yeah, Xia. I know. Yeah, Xialing. <laughs> Fala Chen as Ying Li. Florian Montano Montanu as Razor Fist. Benedict Wang as Wang. Michelle Yeoh as Ying Nan. Ben Kingsley as Trevor Slatterly, Tony Leung as Zhu Wenwu, Yuan Hua as Guangbo, Ronnie Xiang as John John, Andy Lay as Death Dealer, and D. Bradley Baker as Morris. <laughs> you, oh, I love I, that you I, added Morris in there. <laughs> I questioned. I questioned whether or not I we should put D. Bradley Baker as Morris in there, and then you typed in Morris Curtis, and <laughs> yeah, and when joke. you did, I I jumped in and I was like right away because I knew that it was D. Bradley Baker. So uh, for those of you who also listen to to Rebel Cells, I uh, have been listening to. Uh, podcasts that i've done since before thunderquack uh you guys will definitely know that d bradley baker is the voice of all of the clone troopers and boba fett and uh, well uh, not not young boba fett but but if we expect to see uh an older boba fett in the animated stuff he would voice boba and like he's he's voiced every version of uh tamura morrison <laughs> i um that I, I in the Clone Wars and Rebels and all of that. Yeah, stuff, well, he, so. he's a very, very prominent voice actor. Like he's done so Massively, much stuff. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So he's yeah. a he's a big uh, name. Uh, other things that so so uh, another character similar to Morris that you might recognize him as. I uh, actually two characters from Avatar: The Last Airbender. He's uh, both Appa and. Um, uh, Momo, the, the the so Appa the flying so he, bison like, and Momo specializes the, the in in like vocalizations of like animals or beings and things like that. He's, That's really cool. This is like he's exceptionally animal. good at that yeah. as well as as character voices because he's also a lot of different oh. character voices. I have had the uh, the 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 wonderful. I doubt it's a unique privilege, so I'm not going to say it's a unique mm -hmm. privilege because I think he does it for everybody that he that talks to him about this stuff. But I I've heard him go from like uh captain rex into appa and then like like into like three or four other characters and i've i've watched him basically like duel with james arnold taylor who is the voice of obi-wan kenobi as well as like johnny test and ratchet from ratchet and clank and like i've 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 been 
five feet away from the two of them as they've had a conversation as their various characters. And with D, it's really funny because he goes into like like vocalizations as opposed to actually speaking. And like he'll like <laughs> they like go back and forth and and do that stuff. He is he is one of the most talented people that I've ever been in the presence of and like had a one-on-one conversation with. He is incredible. So I, I love that he's Morris and that, that we included him in here because uh, nice. as a Clone Wars aficionado and fan, when I saw his name, I so we went through the movie the first time and I and got to the end and I was like, I'll bet you anything that Morris was D. Bradley Baker. There's no way that anybody else did that. The only other person Frank who could Welker. have done that was Frank Welker. Yeah. Right? Like, yeah. Like, and like D, I think, is like the spiritual successor to Frank Welker. Yeah. Um, now I have to look uh, up. Who, why do you guys sometimes talk about people that I'm just like, who are these people? Frank Welker is uh, every character ever. <laughs> He's so many okay. characters. Okay. What is he? Okay. He was Scooby Doo, right? Like he did Scooby Doo for a time. He's Slimer. He's Megatron. He's right, like right. the list is is unfathomable it's abu abu from aladdin and yeah yeah, so he did the voice of fred jones on scooby-doo he's been the voice of fred since the very beginning in 1969 and uh um, he took over for scooby-doo uh in this i believe in the 70s or something like that uh but and he's been the voice of those two characters ever since like to this day uh it's pretty remarkable yeah um but yeah those two guys are he he excels at just uh, animal voices. If you you can do a Google search or a YouTube search for Frank Welker, and you can get these montages that people put together of all of his voices, and it'd be like, oh yeah, yeah, I know like all of these characters, and never realized it was the same person. Nice, I I love that. I I have to sh- my I just found this out because we we have the IMDb on, but um, Munger uh, has. I feel like that's how I. I'm going to say that if it's wrong. Yeah, I Munger. But, uh, yeah, Munger. Uh, has the same birthday as me. So she's now officially <laughs> my favorite. Um, nice. she's, she's like She's like a year younger, but still. Uh, awesome Earth Day birthday, girl. So yay. <laughs> <laughs> you guys and your Earth Day birthday. I know. Uh, so good. Okay. It's you know what I always say uh, I always think about it wh- whenever your birthday comes around you're so lucky because you missed it by two days because because I uh, it, it, it would be the the 420 birthday and then you'd have to deal yeah. with everybody saying that yeah. every year it's like oh, <laughs> it's Beavis and but, Butthead but, reaction. Like, I have to say is the best holiday to have a birthday on because it's not a real holiday. It yeah. like, doesn't overshadow at all. And people always get to wish me a happy birthday. And I love that. It's just, <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Yeah. It's, it's very <laughs> appropriate. Uh, yeah. Let's jump, let's jump into our overall thoughts. I've kind of given a little bit of mine already. So let me just, I'll just sort of uh, uh, round it out and just say that this, uh, this, this movie is, in my like top three MCU. Uh, and when I came out of the movie, I was like, like the first time I was instantly like, yeah, this is definitely in my top five. Like I said to crystal, cause, cause you guys will remember that black widow was a bit of a disappointment for me. Yep. It didn't really connect. Um, so then a couple months later, or I guess like a month. No. Yeah. It was July to September. Right. So a couple months later, walking out of Shang-Chi, I, turned to crystal and i was like that's what like that's what i'm here for that's what this that's what the mcu is for me um and the great thing about the mcu is that everybody gets 
like there's so much variety in it now that there's something for everybody and not every single entry has to be for you. Cause like you're saying like every two months, <laughs> like there's, we get there's something, something, something new. Yeah. There's Hawkeye or, you know, Spider-Man or like we've got so much uh, uh, coming down the pipe. Uh, yep. But, uh, uh, but this one was like, it's like, Oh, Oh, that like you are, you are in the core audience of people who are going to like this because it's, it's, it's everything that I love about an MCU movie. Like it's got all of the same sort of Iron Man, Spider-Man, Black Panther, uh, uh, even a little bit of like sort of the Captain America uh, uh, aspects to it in the, in the, the superhero story component. But then you also layer on because uh, I mean, like I'm not like a uh, like a huge Kung Fu aficionado, but I do love Kung Fu movies. Um I so like I was like I'm 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 pretty basic when it comes to like the Jackie Chan and Bruce Lee stuff, but I do I do like if you say like we're gonna watch this random Bruce Lee or Jackie Chan or I I uh, like uh, oh man I'm I'm blanking on uh, the guy the guy that was, was in uh, Rogue One because um, we've got oh, all Donnie these Yen. other names in front of Donnie Yen yeah thank you like if oh, yeah, if, yeah, you're, if you're like if you're like hey let's watch a Donnie Yen movie I'm like yeah sure like I, like you don't even need to tell me which one or what the plot is because I know that like for at least 60% of that movie I'm going to be entertained um, because the because the action and the choreography is always going to be top notch so if the story is and this is Jackie Chan movies to a T if the story is meh to non-existent, I don't care in rumble in the Bronx. He, he like, there's like a hovercraft in that movie and like he, he, he broke his foot and kept going. Like you can see the cast and it doesn't matter that they're like, Hey, we're, we're in the Bronx. And then you can see the Vancouver uh, Cascade mountains in the background. Uh, like it, it doesn't matter. It doesn't matter that that makes no sense because it's Jackie Chan and he's going to do some cool stuff with a chair at some point. And, uh, and the, the legacy of, of all of the greatest martial artists on film are in the DNA of this movie to the point that like the different action sequences have signatures of different, different martial arts performers from from the history of of kung fu on film right like the 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 stuff on the side of the building with the bamboo uh like that bamboo um uh, uh scaffolding that that is a jackie chan sequence in a marvel movie and then the the earlier one on the bus like that is definitely like there's a lot of donnie yen type stuff in there with like the way that he like like uh like and like the more modern sort of uh uh, kung fu movie stuff the way that he like slides on the top of the bus and like grabs the the mirror swings around and then he's like let me in let me in like that is such a like that that's the sort of thing that i would expect to see in a, in a more modern, uh, uh, Kung Fu movie. But, uh, but then like, there is definitely like in the one-on-one fights, certainly in, uh, there's, there's a lot of, uh, crouching tiger, hidden dragon in, at, in the, the prologue of the movie, right? Yeah. Like when, when, uh, 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 Ying Li and, and, uh, when we first meet so much of that. And then Michelle Yeoh brings that 
again later on in the training sequence but there's also a little bit of in his performance which is the really cool thing is that like he shows up with like a bruce lee sort of attitude and then and then uh uh ying nan like shows him like like transforms his style into into her style right and and uh opens the fist and everything like that and it's uh it, it it's just it's really cool to see all of that lineage of it um all contained in this because shang chi in his uh, like sort of inception as a character the whole idea is that he is the master of martial arts he knows every martial art known to man right well um, kung fu like if master of master of kung, kung fu. fu kung fu yeah but but in in some of the later comics, it's like the idea is that like he can like he can see a martial art and like instantly learn it basically. Um, so so anytime anybody does anything in front of him, he can like just uh, uh, kind of it's which is a little bit similar to to Taskmaster. Taskmaster but yeah. um, but Taskmaster has always been. I feel like Taskmaster was always like I. Uh, uh, aping not just like martial arts but like fighting styles in general so if like taskmaster fights spider-man all of a sudden he's using like ropes and lines and stuff like that to fight spider-man and you're like like that's not really like the the shang chi sort of thing he's more of like the it is more like the actual kung fu stuff right but yeah. uh but i like that like that they, they they never they never say that in the movie but it's really clear in the way that that he's able to adapt to these different situations and the fact that all of these fights have like such varied styles to them. That's like, Oh, like, and, and they do go through it of like, Oh, and like they, they, you know, he trained me in every way there is to kill someone sort of thing. Right. Um, so they kind of say it, but not like not too on the nose. And they, they do a lot more of the showing of it, especially, at the end, which is one of the only criticisms that I've seen people sort of uh, uh, try and throw at this movie, which is like, oh, and then at the end, he just kind of learns it. And it's like, well, if that's how you feel, then you really weren't paying attention the whole time. And also, like, yeah. he's a superhero. I just I, I will never understand people who are like, who are like, oh, Ray is a Mary Sue. She learns all of this stuff so fast. Like, yeah, she's the main character of a Star Wars. I like well, like so so did Anakin and so did Luke and so does every main character in a story. That's why they're the main character, you guys. They're special. <laughs> that's as kind of the whole fantasy is that they're they actually are really smart and able to pick this stuff up. Yeah. And and so like I I love that they maintain that, but that I feel from my experience of the movie that that they absolutely nailed that component of it, and they also. Like they transferred that over to to Shaoling to show that like it's he's not he's not unique, right? Like yeah, it's yeah, this is clearly cool. like a thing with his family. But then, but then at the same time, towards the end of the movie, they do still elevate Shang Chi and go like, but Shang Chi is Shang Chi because he has that connection with the Great Protector, right? Like, which she doesn't because she went down a different path, sort of thing. Um, but yeah, it uh, the. I, I I love every aspect of this movie, whether it's the martial arts or the mythic storytelling or the comedy components of it. I just think that they they just nailed it on every front for me. It's a it is a ten out of ten. Like like I have zero complaints and uh, and 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 I love it. 
it's it's in, it's in my top three. So that means uh, it's up there with uh, Endgame, uh, Spider-Man: Homecoming. It's it probably goes in that order: Endgame, Spider-Man: Homecoming, and then Shang-Chi, and then probably Iron nice. Man three after that. Uh, uh, which is which? Th- I think that that three is your favorite Iron Man movie. A hundred percent. A hundred percent. Iron Man 3 is the best Iron Man movie by a long shot, but I know that most people don't agree with that. Um, (laughs) But yeah, like I, so for those who know how I feel about the Iron Man movies, it's like bumping an Iron Man movie out of the top three. Big deal. um, Mm -hmm. Is yeah. Yeah. It, it, it's, it is a, it's a very big deal, but but there's a bit of a there's a bit of a recency bias on that maybe of like well <laughs> iron man's done <laughs> and, and endgame is yeah, there at yeah. the top which like right because we've talked about it before uh, amanda you and i on on uh, uh thunder quack that like infinity war kind of has the feel of it being a little bit of a there's a little bit more of like a steve story in there and then and then iron right, man yeah, kind of yeah. uh, endgame kind of yeah. has because it's iron man's so i mean i guess it's also captain america's but um, there's more finality in the Iron Man story. I feel like, I <laughs> yeah, <laughs> just a touch. Um, I I but uh, yeah. So I feel like it's fa- it's fair. Iron Man's still in there. He's also in Homecoming, and then one of his villains, the vil- the vil- one of the villains from Iron Man three is one of the heroes. I don't know if we're gonna categorize him as that, but. Trevor Slattery showing up in this movie. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. It's yeah. just like I really wish more than anything that that hadn't been spoiled for me, uh, and that's why I think I'm I'm kind of I feeling the way I am about No Way Home. <laughs> yeah, because because Ben Kingsley oh. showed up. I mean, they announced Ben Kingsley in the as part of the cast, and then I had forgotten oh. about it, and then and then he showed up at the premiere, and it was right. like, oh man. I forgot that he was in this movie. It would have been so much better if I would have remembered. While oh yeah, watching it hundred percent is. See, this is why you got to pay less attention to the internet, Michael, because <laughs> that's what happens to me. I'm just dense enough that I forget that I saw the information. So it's all good. Yeah. It was. Uh, it was. Yes. I'm sorry that that was ruined for you because it was one of the best things. It's. Uh, but it, it. At the same time, it also doesn't matter because the strength of that performance. I mean, Ben Kingsley. He is an amazing dramatic actor as well, but like so many incredible, it's very similar to like J.K. Simmons, right? Where like J.K. Simmons can do like whiplash where you hate the guy and then he can turn around and do another performance. Like whether it's, uh, you know, he's, he's in invincible and he's awesome in that, or like you do like a comedy or something like that and show up and. I, I, and you're just like, oh my God, I love this guy. Like, he's so good. They're, they're the same in that respect. Like, they're, they're just that level of actor where it doesn't matter. They can do comedy, they can do drama, they can do all of it. Um, but yeah, like his entrance, the, the sound, like, <laughs> which, yeah, yeah. I, I get like flashbacks <laughs> to, to Obi Wan Kenobi's entrance in the original Star Wars with the 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 crate dragon roar that he oh, does that yeah, there are like yeah. three different versions of it and the one that's in the final version uh is which is awful i uh, i uh, that's in like the blu-ray version and and the ones that are on disney plus uh it sounds an awful lot like ben kingsley doing his vocal exercises mm-hmm. and it's one funny. of those things of like if you knew that he was in the movie and you hear that you know that it's going to be him 
but it's right. still like that reveal is still just so good and then when morris comes in and he's like you can see him i <laughs> I'm, I'm not crazy and it's like well you're still a little crazy uh, <laughs> and the planet of the apes thing gets me oh my god oh. what a moment what a moment okay. if, if if those monkeys can do that <laughs> then i could really do something you're just like yeah, this guy's an idiot so nobody corrects him i love it they just leave it yeah um yeah anyways that's me. I, I could talk forever about this movie, obviously. So I'm going to cut myself off and say, Amanda, you go next. Me go next. Cool. Yeah. I mean, I this is I feel like we're, we've all been so excited to talk about this because I don't think any of us had a negative experience with Shang-Chi. Hmm. Uh, I mean, I will, I'll let Chris speak for himself. But uh, I mean, I, I did. I genuinely I saw this movie. I want to say at three at least three times in the theaters. I can't remember if I saw it a fourth time. Um, and then yeah, on, on Disney plus again. And it just, it was fun every time, like people that I just really wanted to share it with people. And I think that that's sometimes a, a really cool thing for me. I mean, we talk about it all the time on Thunderquack, not like that. It's not just about the quality of the movie, but it's also just about it being just this cool, uh, like difference of representation that everybody mm. can relate to because it's sort of this fantasy magic in this world that's established that we all sort of know about because the MCU has been around and, and, and permeating culture for so long. And to be able to couch a story in that, that is like, I don't have the same connection to um, like Kung Fu movies or, or things like that. And I mean, I love Donnie Yen because he was in uh, Rogue One. Like, I don't like, that's my experience with him. And so for me to the way that I really do approach this film is as you know as an MCU the the things that the MCU is doing really well in these latter sort of iterations of films is that they're letting creators really own pieces of the world and make the stories their own and for this I think it's been really cool and I mean just watching the stuff that like Dustin Daniel Cretton like what they were able to do like what he was able to do with this property and that there really is so much uh uh importance placed on telling a story that has an authentic voice and I think that um like Simu Liu was such a great choice for this particular role uh because he just embodies that right like about wanting to have like this fun awesome character that also is important for audiences to see and 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 to not disappoint right to get everything that we want out of this film and for it to just be a fun great superhero movie and then also have the representation factor for so many uh, like amazing um like asian roles on on screen and then and behind the camera as well um and uh for me my favorite sort of i mean we're going to talk about favorite moments i guess i don't have to like spoil that but the fighting it action sequences done well that tell you something about the character are always the reason why i love like like action genre stuff like you got to open with something that really tells you about these characters through the um through the 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 way that they interact and the way that they really um express themselves and that bus scene being our introduction to this is just it's one of the coolest sequences i think that i've seen like I, there's no other sequence that i think in the mcu like 
up until this point that is just such a such a cool fun amalgamation of like you you know what you're in store for in this film um and then also it's just like a good time so i don't know i had a great time with this film i there was a lot of butt kicking um there's some great uh representation of female characters in this i like i know i sort of had like like flagged it for you guys like sort of tongue-in-cheek previously that like you know there's not necessarily a ton of like female creative team members on this um but i i think that in uh in like raising up like voices and in, in um, trying to be really representative uh, you're just more aware of that and making space for, for, for different people. And I mean, the, the actresses in this, in this film absolutely killed it um, and, and did such a good job. And so it's, I mean, it's awesome. It's awesome to see that. And then as it, as it snowballs, hopefully there'll be more really awesome Asian women represented behind the screen as well. So and creative voices like Eternals. Yes. Well, I mean, yes. Yeah, you can't have you can't have more than like <laughs> one female creator represented every year, I guess. <laughs> anyway, no, sorry. sorry. I'm such a I'm such a but no, no, it's yeah. it's yeah, it's totally it's glib, true. but like it's kind of you 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 kind of have a right. Like it is it is one of those things where where I do think that Hollywood has a little bit of an attitude of like, well, but we did one. And it's no, like, well, I'm just the reason I said that is because it's yeah. the very next Marvel movie in is, in yeah. line here, yeah. and uh, and it's yeah. like yeah. these things. Of course, is going to take time to ramp up to 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 get to the point where For we sure. all want it to be. But and so this this is kind of like the the immediate um, the immediate fruits of the, the its labor or whatever you want to call it. I guess. Well, wasn't Eternals being made prior to Shang Chi, and it was just because of? Oh, COVID I have no idea. Yeah, it, Eternals should have been first. Eternals would have oh, okay. been would have been November yeah. of twenty twenty, and then Shang Chi would have been February, well, I think, of this. Then year. it was ahead of the, the game release. Yeah, it was ahead of the game. Yeah, I don't know. I just it's, <laughs> it's different. It's a different. They're all. They're all. They're, I mean, I, they are. They are. Yeah, they are creating space. We have talked a lot on this on the podcast about how yeah. Marvel really they they you know they made their first their what what the, what the heck are they called when it's like phase first phase. phases the first phase was all the white boys right and then they just let other people actually take control and like do stuff. I don't know. I have to say that like Big Hero Six was one of the coolest things that I think that they did, and that was I think them just allowing people to like take properties and run with it. And I think the success of sort of that little in between like when they they like greenlit like big hero six and like guardians of the galaxy and sort of those like obscure properties right where they were like they let mm -hmm. creators just come in pick something and run with it really set a precedent for them to be like you know what let's just invest in these creators that want to tell really awesome stories and we'll give them a property and let them run with it and i do think yeah. that like that's the fruits like we're seeing the fruits of that in in yeah. stuff like eternals and shang chi and i know that they have had very different paths to uh and like critical acclaim and like very different receptions in how they are but i still think it's a huge deal for both of those movies to be premiering and and, and getting the like it's not like they they hid one of them or they were like you know what we're not yeah. gonna give this the the premiere that it deserves or we're not gonna give it the they, they are doing everything they can to put their weight behind these creators and, and really allow them to, to tell their stories. If nothing else, it really is genuinely like you can see their stamps all over it, which I think is really cool to be able to allow that to happen. 
um, with the weight of, of something like Marvel behind you. So even though it is what is, I think we, we sort of said, even though it's like this white producer team, um, yeah. <laughs> as, as far as we can tell, right. If you really allow and are like, are like true to being able to lift up creators that want to tell their own story. I think that that really does come through in Chang-Chi that we, that everybody in the specificity, you find the ability to speak to larger audiences because everybody can relate to something in this film. And I think that that's really cool. Like the, like, again, like, uh, Menger, her birthday aside, that character uh, is so cool. Like you, you watch her sort of being uh, looked over for her brother and mm-hmm. you get that sort of uh, misogyny in like how she, like she's the little girl of the family. And well, you can tell that the dad loves her as dads often love their little daughters. There's a certain yeah. amount of respect that's just missing there and how that manifests in itself. I'm just, I mean, not to skip ahead to our very like last thing, but like, I'm excited to see what they do with her. And I just think that there's so much potential there and it's awesome. And I absolutely love that aqua, like Katie's character and is just gets to be the friend of the protagonist as somebody like it just the most underrepresented thing, I think actually in media across all forms are platonic heterosexual relationships between men and women. They just are nowhere to be found except for i mean hermione and harry i feel like that's like you got like which is which is maybe uh, it's the worst example because it's like because really that's not the one that we should have gotten uh if if you if you want to pick one that was wrong like that's the one that was wrong uh but that's a that's a different podcast um, no, I, I mean, actually, I was going to come back to you. I was like, I actually it got really excited about because I dis- I, I, I just rewatched it. And I was like, you know what? I'm very happy that they never get together anyways. But that to me is something really cool and, and, and something that is fully be able to be owned by this because Katie doesn't exist. Like, I don't know, Curtis, you can prove me wrong because you're, you know, more about the comics, but I thought Katie was like being created for this particular iteration of Shang-Chi. And so they get to do whatever they want with her. And I really, really, really hope that they find the ability and longevity to show how uh, sustainable like long-term platonic relationships can be and supportive and like making characters like be able to be who they're going to be. And I don't think it takes anything away from the film at all that they don't sleep together. Like I just, that's one of my, that I will say that that's one of my overall thoughts for this film. It makes me super happy to have this really supportive relationship between these two, these two people that sort of ground it in this sort of silliness and seriousness all at the same time. So, I'm sorry, Curtis. I've talked so much. You talk about your <laughs> overall thoughts now. Well, I just want to make a comment on the that relationship. I think so many movies just fall on the crutch of a relationship as as a way, an easy way to show character development or a character arc. Yeah. Like it's mm-hmm. just that's it's like they meet, they fall in love, they're together in the end. Like that's a character arc. So it's harder to yeah. define friendship and characters when you don't have that sort of end game uh and so to place these two characters together in here shows uh some and and have it work as well as it did here shows some really you know really good writing on on the parts of the people who did the screenplay here um okay my thoughts here that are um so for those of you who don't know and can't see me i am uh i have Asian ancestry in my family. Uh, I'm half Asian. And so seeing a movie like this is always is always going to be exciting for me. 
um, I, I do really appreciate the uh, seeing this representation because when when we see movies or TV shows and people are always like, oh, it's got a diverse cast, what it usually means is there's one African-American character and there's one Hispanic character. Mm-hmm. And oftentimes the Asian character is is nowhere to be seen very often. And, uh, and that's because Asian, the, the, you know, the Asian population in America is, you know, not as great as the African-American and the Hispanic um, communities. And so of course the go-to, you know, token uh, uh, diversity and inclusions are going to not, are not going to be Asian. It's getting better these days. You'll see you'll see that a lot more in in TV. But you know, I think when you look at um, I don't know, I, I'm gonna gonna try and think of an example now, but I can't. I was gonna say Star Trek, but that's actually a bad example. <laughs> <laughs> um, but anyway, well, I I was really hoping that this would have the same sort of traction that the Black Panther movie had for the the African American community, but. Um, it didn't, and for the same reason that I was just mentioning, it just it didn't. You don't have that same sort of drive or or population in America to push that forward. I I, th- I think there's also I, I just want to interject on that one because because I, yep. I, I I've thought about this a while as well, and I think that we even talked about this closer to the to when the movie came out. I think that there's also a component of what we saw in Black Panther was a mythology and. Uh, like that Afrofuturism aspect of it is something that to my knowledge uh, has not been represented on film. And, and I think objectively and certainly has not been presented to the mainstream in that way. Whereas, whereas I, Asian cinema has, has Asian like, like crouching tiger, hidden dragon wasn't, was nominated for best picture. Right. And there's a yep. lot of what is in this movie that borrows from that same kind of iconography. So I don't yep. think that Shang-Chi ever really had, I don't, it's not that it didn't have the potential. If they had gone a different direction with, with that, they, we never really get a name for the world. We know what the, the village is called, but we never get a name for like that, for that larger world. Cause she talks about it, right? Uh, Ying Nan, tells them the story and shows them the carvings, right? The, that, the, the relief carvings um, that tells the story. And she goes, Oh, we had cities that like with technology that you're like that earth would, would never believe. Right. And it's like, okay, but we don't actually get to see it. Right. Like we just, we just kind of see these, these carvings and, and it's kind of abstracted for us. Um, I think that if they had done something a little bit more like that, which is which is what Black Panther did, or Black Panther went like, "Hey, here's essentially," and we talked about this a lot, I, Amanda and I, when Black Panther had come out, like Black Panther presented a a, a version of African culture that is basically like, "Hey, what if uh, uh, European colonizers never screwed up?" <laughs> you know, like, like the developments of some of these nations, right? Like, cause, cause that really is kind of the legacy of white people in the world is going into these other cultures and then trying to 
I, I put our stamp on that, right? Yeah. Um, it's it is literally the story of white Europeans all over the planet. <laughs> um, and so so Black Panther was going out of its way to be like, here is a cultural identity that doesn't exist, and we're going to use sci-fi as a way of and and I mean like Afrofuturism is a is a storytelling um sort of like a genre i guess like kind of like a subgenre of sci-fi that has existed for a long time but but like i said like it's never been presented to the mainstream audience in that way um and and that's not the angle that they wanted to go for with shang chi they they wanted to go sort of the opposite of that which is like oh this is like ancient chinese mythology which i think that like for us to see uh the the lion dogs it's like, oh, that's really cool. But also anybody who's been to a Chinatown, which I think is a lot more people than 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 are familiar with African culture, right? Like has seen a, a lion dog statue, right? Has seen like the pair of them at, at oh, yeah. the entrance to a building or something like well, that. Well, my right? kid so, my kids get lion dances at their school on Chinese exactly, New Year. Yeah. I mean and 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 to put that into perspective, we're in Vancouver which yeah. has a very dense Asian population. Yes. Um, and so I think that they also to like, just sort of put that lens on it, that like our perspective is maybe not the same as everybody's perspective. Right. Or certainly not. I would say like, I think that, that the West coast of, of North America, like right from us down to, to California, um, are like, like I think of like us, Seattle, uh, uh, San Francisco, Los Angeles, like with, with really, um, strong, vibrant Asian populations are going to have a little bit more of that experience, certainly on the coasts in general, uh, of North America. But, but, uh, but even still, it's like, you know, Chinese food is a thing across North America. African food isn't right. Like it's like, that's sort of the, the differences in the, um, in, in sort of that cultural cachet and, we can get into the reasons for that. It's very simple. You know, like the, the <laughs> African people were brought to North America against their will. Uh, and then their culture was erased from them. Uh, I, whereas I, Asian people came over to North America for the most part, I think of their own <laughs> I, I, free will. I mean, like it's, it is <laughs> definitely a railroad using a lot of uh, yeah. involuntary labor, but they're yeah, involuntary labor. Someone. For sure. For sure. But, but I think that like the, like the people like choosing to leave Asia to come to North America was a little bit of a different path than the way that they were. It's true. They came on their own, but then found that it wasn't very well. Yeah. They were, they were definitely treated in a similar fashion once they got here. And, and, Mm -hmm. and, uh, and, and, and yeah, like you said, like the forced labor and that sort of thing. And obviously world war one and world war two and stuff that happened during, during those times. Um, not not a great part of our history (laughs) uh but um but 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 there is a slight difference there in that in that i think uh that asian cultures almost like as a reaction to 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 the way that they were treated when they came to north america like almost like consolidated like like strength in numbers sort of thing and that's how you end up with something like chinatown of like well if we're all together they can't hopefully you know that's some sort of protection whereas well uh, part of that also was this is the only place you can live absolutely yeah yeah 
but I understand but, generally what you're saying though, Mike. Like, the, yeah, the, it's, the, like, it, there's nuance and it's complicated. Yeah. Like, we're not yeah. going to cover yeah. the entirety of it. But, but that as opposed to like but the African is culture, which is. This an Asian history podcast. I don't know what you're talking <laughs> about. Um, but yeah, but. like a, African people, like African Americans, they, they're, they don't, so many African Americans don't even know what part of Africa they come from right like that that's i think that's the difference uh, really when you get down to it is that like they well like i could say the same thing about ancestry. my heritage yeah yeah i don't i have no idea where in china my my ancestors are from but they are from china but uh it's it, yeah you make a good point um but i'm gonna go let's go back to the uh just my thoughts on the yeah for the, sure. the, the, the story itself i thought was really really nice now the 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 thing i really that i'm appreciating about this new phase is that they are taking more chances and more risks and the 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 common thing that i think people a lot of people have been saying about especially by the end of phase two is that you know marvel movies they're they're formulaic they're they're all the same or whatever which you know on a surface level they're kind of all the same you dig down but they're not really the same but but I think they're taking more risks, and I appreciate that. Whether it's they're going to be uh, good like this or bad, like or fall flat, I guess, at, like the Eternals. Um, I, I appreciate that they're branching out and doing more, mm-hmm. more with a uh, with just their storytelling. Now, this movie I found interesting because it didn't have that, you know, act two betrayal by the main character or whatever, and. Um, it kind of even switched focuses to going to this mythical land and like it became a completely different movie halfway through, which would kind of normally be like, what the heck, how come this isn't the same? But it, it really worked in this instance. Um, the characters, as far as the characters go, and I, and I have to comment on this because I'm your comic book representation here. Uh, th- this is nothing like the comic books. Mm-hmm. Uh, the original master of kung fu comics were made in the 70s uh, as a response to the whole kung fu craze that was happening at the time bruce lee movies and all that kind of stuff and and so they were trying to capitalize on that and they happened to get the the licensing rights to the sax romer characters and sax romer is a is an author from you know the late 1800s early 1900s who created this character Fu Manchu and Fu Manchu is the reason I think uh, and a lot of people agree with this actually uh, the reason why we have Asian stereotypes the way that they are now uh, they, it, they really ushered in the whole yellow scare kind of uh, of of way of thinking about these menacing monstrous foreign characters that no one really knew about they have the yellow skin the, the long beards the huge fingernails slanted eyes huge buck teeth like all of that comes from fu manchu and so marvel gets the the rights to this character um because this those novels were popular um and, and creates this whole comic book world ar- around these characters and so fu manchu his son is shang chi and also he is, is pronounced Shang-Chi um, when it was first created because again no one in in the Marvel offices being American and predominantly white 
knew about proper pronunciations as well. So even I did an interview with the creator of Shang-Chi uh, on my other podcast, the Epic Marvel podcast, and he calls him Shang-Chi all throughout because that's that was the name of the character. Uh, it wasn't until this movie when we found out, oh yeah, actually the correct pronunciation of this name is Shang. So uh, I appreciate that. Uh, but uh, so the, the, the characters here in this movie here have been changed radically because a lot of them are steeped in this racist material. Uh, so, and also because Marvel doesn't have the, the licensing rights to make a movie of, or they don't want to also, uh, to make a movie of Fu Manchu. So they replaced Fu Manchu as the father of Shang-Chi with this other character, Mandarin, who also was a racist character caricature in the 1960s. But they changed his origin and his story a lot too, to be a, a lot more easy to swallow in modern age here. Yeah, I think they took the opportunity with that character to actually like call it out, right? Yeah, like, like that. It's it's actually one of my favorite moments in the movie, and it some it kind it could come off to some people, I think, as very like. Um, expository of like we're going to explain the connection between the mandarin and the ten rings well there was that reason for like like the the retconning of it but i also felt that it was like a very intentional decision of like we're going to own the fact that 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 character is racist in origin and we're going to have now that we have these characters on screen let's have wen wu address the fact like they named him after an orange right like well it's even they they named like mandarin is just 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 means chinese they have a character who is chinese and they called him chinese (laughs) yeah exactly yeah so it's it's like it's 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 this very like i think very smart very intelligent tongue-in-cheek way of them addressing the elephant in the room yeah but also turning it into um, like a character motivation at the same time where it's like, it's very core to that, to that character's sort of ideology of like why he's doing a bit of what, like, what, like sort of just his, his sort of like gangster uh, a crime boss mentality that there's a little bit of that flavor in there. It's like, oh, okay. So this is a little bit of extra flavor to add on to it while also uh, retconning everything to connect it all back to Iron Man. Um, and, 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 you know, uh, the, like the Aldrich Killian and all of that stuff. And, and, and then also like, Hey, let's, let's get, let's get rid of the Mandarin as a character once and for all sort of thing. Um, yeah. cause now in the comics, if they were good. to do Mandarin, they could, they could call, they could absolutely just go like, but his name is actually when, right. And it's like, and we'd all be like, yeah, cause now we all like Shang-Chi. So <laughs> it's uh Marvel, Marvel gets to win on all fronts with this one. Well, but and they have also actually um, in the comics, they've already dealt with the Fu Manchu thing. Like they, they reinvented that character recently, and it wasn't Mandarin. It's just they created a new persona for him. But yeah, I I I completely enjoyed this. I thought it was a, a fun ride all the way through. Oh, the other thing I wanted to mention is that um, uh, we were at the point just in society now where we can have a movie where a good portion of this blockbuster Hollywood movie is subtitled. Yeah. And and if we think back to the beginning of the Marvel universe or the Marvel cinematic universe with Captain America, the first Avenger, that movie takes place in Germany, but there's no German spoken. All of the the characters who speak German speak 
English with a German accent yeah. uh, for our sake, for our North American sake. But now we've progressed to the point where we can actually have a movie that takes place in China and the characters actually do speak Chinese to each other. I think that's wonderful. Yeah. Uh, I I will I will just note that it made it very uh challenging to watch it with Kara. Absolutely. Well, right age demographic there. <laughs> yeah, yeah, you, and you probably probably would have a similar experience, right? Like uh that you well, have to My two boys are old enough to do that, but yeah, absolutely. If, but I do I would have if Samantha was she has no interest in these movies, but if she <laughs> if she were to watch these um I would be speaking alongside the, the, the subtitles yeah at one point Kara got mad at me for it and so i stopped and then she goes what are they saying <laughs> and it was like well, oh, kid yeah. kid you you got it you can't you can't have it both ways either i can read yeah. the subtitles for you or you she, can learn to read she might not have understood what you were doing uh, it, oh yeah like trans, you were translating what was happening. yeah she's like kinda... just stop talking over the movie dad i can't yeah. hear yeah um, oh, one of the weirdest oh, yeah. experiences that just like super tangent for a moment, but the best thing ever was watching Shape of Water in Mexico and then the, the parts where they speak Russian being translated into Spanish and just having to be like <laughs> context clues for what's going on. But the thing is, my dad speaks really terrible. Like he can't he can't read Russian, but he like speaks Russian enough that he could understand what it was. So we like sort of, I picked out some phrases. And then when I went back, I was like, Hey dad, what did this mean <laughs> to be like, what were they saying? <laughs> it's part of the movie. Anyways. I, and when I watched it late, well, it was fine. I didn't miss too much. You can get stuff from the context, but uh, there are, um, there are, there are actually I, some I, really I, great, yeah. great articles that go into the, the sort of the subtlety and the nuance that's lost in the translation of the subtitles. Oh yeah. That's, that, like, the, I think ge generally the thing with people, the, dad, the, thing yeah. with the dad was like the, the, like, because I, like I watch enough stuff with subtitles that once you actually know what they're actually saying and you're like, those subtitles are incorrect. You're missing the context of like yeah. honorifics. And that I think is the, is the biggest thing for like the two, like the two points that they pointed out in the movie yeah. were like the relationship with the dad and the son uh, the like, will you help me or whatever moment, and then also the moment where the um, what's his name, Gong, uh, Gu oh gosh, I, yeah, Guang, Guang, oh yeah, uh, is is like talking to Wenwu, and Wenwu is basically like, shut, shut it, up, little boy, <laughs> shut up, yeah. little boy, yeah. And I just and yeah. that, and, but like that, that doesn't come across, and you're like, it would have been so good, just translate. But I understand why they make the yeah. choices. Anyways, sorry, it's, I keep it, it, it's running. a, it's it's not a. So I I think the thing is that it's not a language translation issue because people have said like the 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 language part of it is is yeah. okay it's that there are cultural things that that are in the language that don't translate easily over to english and i think like that's kind of the next step is that as as like this is a bridge to to i think hopefully north american audiences being more open to learning about other cultures not just you know, I, I consuming content, but also like trying to understand the, 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 the motivation and, and context behind it. Um, so I, it's, it's like, we're kind of yeah. in this weird, like middle place right now where like, I, I think for those of us who like watch anime or Korean dramas or like, like that are sort of already in that, which like, these are, 
uh, things that are made for that audience that are then brought over here. And, you know, it's like, Oh, you know, read fan subs instead of, instead of uh, watching the dubbed version or whatever. And so you've had to immerse yourself in that other culture in order to understand the context of it. Um, what well, a really yeah, great example is is in anime in it, like all the the anime that take place in schools. And when somebody gets in trouble, they right. have to go stand outside and hold a bucket of water, which is something that would never happen in an American in a North American school, but is like super common in Japan. And it's one of those like cultural things that you learn as a as a as a fan of that stuff. So hopefully, we're gonna get to the point where that stuff starts to get just like like we'll just be a little bit more like directly translated, and people can then seek out well, that culture and, and understanding later it's it's hard it's a it's yeah it, i think the people who do the translating are in a hard spot because you mm-hmm. need to make it accessible yeah. um but also you want to keep it true to the original intent now i work for a publisher who translates a lot of european comics into english and the the term isn't actually that they use it's not translating it's localization and it means right, it right. means it's trying to bring the what's happening there to a to a place where people here can understand it uh, without having to do a lot of footnotes. I mean, sometimes they'll do footnotes if they absolutely have to because it's like there's no way around um, this cultural thing right here. Like we, there's no way we, we can translate this in a way that you're going to understand it so we have to put a footnote but most of most of the time they'll change the nuance they'll localize it so that it's done so that it's understood in north america mm-hmm. um, but then that's because you know if they uh they're not going to sell their book if people are are Confused. alienated because that book that they're trying to translate was written for the european market not the north american market so it's yeah. it's it's a tough thing for people who are bringing other cultures over here and trying to uh, make it financially feasible. Yeah. Uh, feasible. There's de- there's definitely a balance to it, I think, but there's also yeah. there's also a North American laziness there of like <laughs> I th- I think that Europeans are yep. very used to having to assimilate North American yep. culture into into their pop culture as well as asia assimilating north american pop culture into theirs but then all we do in north america yeah all we do here is just appropriate right so it's like so what what do we do here we take kung fu movies and then we put steven seagal in them right like and because oh well people are gonna enjoy steven seagal more than they're gonna enjoy an asian actor right so so in the 90s all of the Kung Fu movies are Steven Seagal. And I mean, like Jean-Claude Van Damme as well, which I guess is a different thing, but you know, like (laughs) still a white guy, right? It's a like, let's bridge the gap a little bit. He's European, but he's white. Don't worry. He's not going to talk a lot in his movies anyways. Uh, uh, He's mostly going to do kicking. So (laughs) I, you know, like, 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 like that's just, that's the difference in the way that we sort of, and again, like that's that colonizer attitude a little bit um of like well we'll just we'll just take what we like right and we'll just leave Mm -hmm. the rest where and i and i think that they were moving finally in a direction um because of representation being such a big deal and and i i like sort of something of note in productions nowadays that like beyond just putting the person in there now that we're now that we've started to get those people into the rooms 
uh, the that culture is starting to to like sort of backflow into the content, into the creative. And I think that's why at the beginning of our conversation before we were recording, we kind of we were, we were kind of talking about that. Right. Yeah. Because that really is the place where it's going to change the most. Right. And the reason why this movie has that is because the people who who wrote this have that cultural background. So they were able to take that Marvel lens because because they like they're coming from that as well. And, and certainly like the executive producers and producers are all bringing that with them but then also bring this other cultural lens onto it, similar to Black Panther, right? Um, and hopefully we're going to get some other stuff in the future, w- some other characters and that sort of thing. Um, uh, I, I know that we've got, um, I, 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 oh man, what's the character's name? The the Captain America character. Isn't her name uh, America? Um, um, what? America, I, it, yeah, her name is America yeah. Chavez. America um, Chavez, yeah. So like, you know, hopefully we're going to start to get, cause I think, I think is that character Puerto Rican? I, yeah, I believe so. Yeah, yeah. Latino in some way. Right. So, um, I'm not super, I'm only like vaguely familiar with her from like the, some of the, uh, young Avengers stuff. So, um, but we're going to, we're going to start to get that stuff in there as well. And so there'll be more cultural representation there, but as that stuff comes in, it's, it's, it, it's going to start to the stories are going to start to reflect those cultures better and, and uh, more honestly. And, and, and my hope is that, you know, we see a little bit less of the backlash that we've seen, which I think we are right. When they, when they put a black guy in a stormtrooper costume in 2015, a lot of white people lost their minds and said they would never go see another star Wars movie again. They were lying, but they it didn't stop them from getting online and saying that. There was yeah. a lot less of that sort of thing in anticipation of this movie coming out, right? So hopefully we're starting to like move in that. It, it feels like in general we're moving in a better direction with that sort of thing. Um, or and, the United and States doesn't. Yeah, I I do wanna I do wanna just be like a like a pop like a critic because I've already was pretty critical in the in the Eternals podcast and I sort of. Uh, alluded to it a little bit here too that we have to be careful that like and be critical of big companies like Marvel that they don't just carve out the Asian spaces in their cinema Mm -hmm. that they integrate it into the storytelling as a whole and so that is the shift that I hope we are seeing is that they're testing the waters with these characters and with these creators Mm -hmm. and now finding space for them to just be a part of the norm instead of being like, well, no, Destin is the one that makes our Asian movies. Right. But like to be able to take those director skills and be like, you're a good storyteller. And there are things that you have to say that are not just about this one character or this one culture. And I think that like, so there's, there's just, something too that i'm noticing as an overall trend that we're like hey well we're we we have all this this diverse cinema or this diverse media and all these creators are getting to tell their stories but then we still are like but the norm is the white people creators and the like stories where it's like who gets it right and so it's I, i just i do caution that a little bit when we see this sort of like making sure that it's not just checking boxes as we go but I, but I do think that I do think that we are seeing that because like Ryan Coogler has a pretty big deal, like 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 a like it's not an overall necessarily because he's also I think he's also doing some stuff with Netflix. But um, 
but but like they do have a pretty like like long running deal with with uh uh ryan coogler uh who's the director of black panther who's directing the next black panther but he's also developing i think three different um uh disney plus shows that are like connected to the black panther universe we don't know any details about what they are yet and I think they're giving Ryan Coogler a lot of leeway in that <laughs> to to explore the MCU a little bit more. And 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 I would say like my my hope for that is that is that exactly what you're saying. He's not just going to do Black Panther stories, but that like but that hopefully within that extending out that universe that we're also going to get to see him take another character that's not connected to black Panther and then maybe connected into those stories and um, maybe play with some of the other characters, grab, you know, this guy from over here, maybe he'll take moon Knight or something. Right. And, and do something really cool. So, so I do, I do think that they are moving in that direction. I think that, that you just kind of have to look at, at some of the, the deals that are because because they also just announced one of one of the things that was really fortuitous timing for us in doing this shang chi review now is that they've announced the sequel to this one but they've they also announced that they're working with destin daniel cretton on other stuff right they're not ready to talk about what that other stuff is yet but that like they but uh, kevin feige has talked about like we're really happy with how Shang-Chi turned out. Obviously it was a huge financial success, which means that now we have now, like we, we, we get to play with like, well, what do you want to do? Right. Like, and they've sort of already put that out to him of like, you're doing Shang-Chi too, because financially, how could you not, (laughs) but also like what other characters would you like to play with? Right. Um, so, so I, I think that that stuff is coming. I think, I think, I think it is in, in the future. And I think that Kevin Feige is definitely, um, I think he's aware of that conversation. That's, that's sort of, so I'll, I'll, I'll put that, uh, that sort of positive note on that is that it, it, at least it feels that way that, that, that M- the MCU is doing that. And I'll, and I'll, I'll also like temper that by saying, I think that Lucasfilm which is a very similar situation to the MCU in relation to Disney as a parent company is actually doing a lot of what you're saying, Amanda, like where it's like, it is very like tokenism uh, and they're not necessarily doing it culturally, but they are, it does feel a little bit like they're doing that with, with gender stuff of like, Oh, well we've, we've got women coming into direct stuff and it's like, you know, and we're going to do this story and this story. And it's like, yeah, but you're kind of like, they're kind of it's a little bit of like like they're advertising it a little bit too much where they're where it's like you know I I, I don't know and and they're kind of putting the 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 cart before the horse on some of that stuff like they don't have a story but they've but they've grabbed a person and thrown them in and and said you know big things about what's coming <laughs> which we've seen with uh, oh was the the uh, Wonder Woman director Patty Jenkins um and sort of the turmoil of that rogue rogue squadron production now where it's like i don't know like like it feels like they're almost trying to like they're trying to please too many people as opposed to kevin feige who i think is going like let's get cool creative people from all over the place and tell diverse stories but like let's make sure that the stories are good first right um 
is a slightly different approaches because <laughs> if you make sure that the story is good first it kind of ensures that you're going to get to tell more stories and that that hopefully those things will be more successful and then that's what kind of wins out for everybody right because if you put out bad movies that have great representation you like i mean i guess eternals is a good example of that you put out a mediocre film that's got amazing representation across the board right it definitely checks off a lot of boxes but does anybody care to see more stories from those characters i don't i don't see people reacting to to eternals the way that i see them reacting to the shang chi news or uh uh, spider-man right like it's i don't know it's it's a bit of a funny space but all right, we haven't even done favorite moments yet. So we're going to do favorite moments now. <laughs> we've been talking a long time and haven't even gotten into that. I think that we've all kind of talked about a lot of stuff, a lot of moments that we really like. But now I'm going to make everybody single out one moment. Um, and I'm going to give you guys time to think about it by going first. Uh, by saying that my favorite moment of this movie, it's it's hilarious because this doesn't happen very often. It This is like reserved usually for like an Indiana Jones movie. The, the prologue in this movie, like the opening of it, that whole, the, the, <laughs> the meet cute between uh, Ying Li and, oh, yeah, and yeah. Xu Wenwu is absolutely my favorite moment of the movie. And the reason why is that it set the tone right at the start of like, hey, guess what? This isn't like a lot of other MCU movies. The core of this film is actually not the action or the infinity stones or like any of the stuff that you expect from, from what we've been doing. Like this is a new phase and the core of this movie is actually love. It's uh, we're going to present it initially as romantic and then we're going to transition into it being family stuff. But, but like let's establish right now that the motivation of the villain in this film is love 100 percent, it's love and having that established through a kung fu fight scene like (laughs) i get like tingles talking about it and that's yeah. why I like that's why it's my like my top favorite moment from the movie uh, uh, in a movie full of favorite moments, um, because also, I mean, like at the end, <laughs> there's a lot of stuff to choose from. I'm not going to say anything because I'll leave it if one of you guys wants to pick something from there. But <laughs> but yeah, like it in in a movie full of so many great action sequences and so many great com- comedic beats and performances and all of that, this Almost like I mean, it's there's narration over it, but but there's there's very little actual dialogue between those two characters. It is all in their their uh, physical performance, like all everything that's important in that scene is actually in the physicality of it, um, and and like the subtext and the emoting, and I uh, it just. I I've never been so surprised at the beginning of a movie. I don't think like I've just like, Oh, okay. I didn't realize we were going to go this deep on, on the romance in like the first 15 minutes (laughs) of a Marvel movie. And I was like, yes, awesome. Because, and Amanda, I think you can attest to this as well. Like, like Asian cinema, this is core. 
to Asian cinema and Asian storytelling. Like you can't tell a story like this without getting into some forbidden love type of stuff, right? Like you got to have a little bit of that somewhere in here. Otherwise, is it well, really? It allows... yeah, go ahead. Yeah, go it ahead. Allows Katie, it allows Katie and Shang-Chi to not have to have a relationship. Cause you're like, no, totally. no, you're supposed to focus on the parents. Like that's yeah. the love story, yeah. man. Yeah. Um, yeah. And it's just, it's so well done. It's so well done and it's so well established that we actually never need to go back to their relationship later in the movie. We get a little bit of it. What like, like I, uh, I, uh, in the, in sort of like the establishing Shang story of, of like, um, when they're playing dance, dance revolution. Yeah. They, so they, nice. they reinforce it a little bit, but they never go back and like show us more of their relationship to be like, and this is how they fell in love. Right. There's never like another flashback to them falling in love. There's just, there's just, and then this was what our family life was like, which like reinforces that, but from a different perspective. So it's like, it, but it's that strong of an opening that when he says, I've been hearing the voice of your mother and that's why we're going to go into this thing. And then when we're all like, no, it's obviously the like a bad guy. Like this is obviously not mm-hmm. that. This is obvious. And then we get more details of like it's the, the uh, oh, what's it called? The soul. The, the soul suckers are the little ones. Like the, the yeah the yeah, yeah. um. Oh, darkness, I'll 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 yeah. find it uh, while while you guys are talking. But um, it's a character that shows up in a bunch of other stuff and actually is in the new Guardians of the Galaxy video game. Um, uh, <laughs> but uh, uh, it's like a classic Marvel character, uh, villain. Oh, um, I did not know that that they reinterpret for this. But uh, I yeah, it's I uh, it, when we get there, it's like we we believe the strength of his conviction on that because we saw that scene at the beginning of the movie. And it's like almost like bookended in that way. Dweller, um, dweller in darkness, the dweller in darkness. Thank you. Yeah. yeah. Um, and then it also like that whole scene also sets up and foreshadows. I, I Chong's journey because he gets to the point where he's confronted by not confronted confront, like not in an antagonistic way, but like he's forced to sort of look at his own reflection uh, in, in sort of the hero's journey sort of thing. When, when uh, his aunt is like, let's go train. And she turns his power against him and his father sort of like almost like doubled down on, on the, the physical components of it. Whereas Shang kind of, you see him very early on try and start to mimic it. And that's where like, that's the opening where she goes in and she, she opens his fist and, and, and then like shows him. Right. Um, and then he's able to, to, to take the next step on that path. Like, so it's a thing of like, we got to see what his father was like, and that's what we're worried about. It's very like mythic storytelling, like the, you know, sins of the father sort of thing. That's very star Wars as well. Uh, or it's like he's he has he's confronted with the image of Darth Vader and he can either strike it down or he can, you know, not take his weapons in there in the first place. And we actually get to see Shang like make the other choice. Right. Go the other direction um, and embrace that other uh, legacy. And then which leads to the end of the movie. Right. Um, it's just it, the storytelling is so masterful and so much of the story in the movie all feeds right back to that one point. So that, that, which is the first like 10 minutes of the movie. So good. So, so good. Uh, who wants to go next? Curtis, you want to go next? 
Sure, sure, sure. I was uh, as I was, I was okay. I was thinking about this question as I was watching this today, um, and like, what am I going to pick? Because there, like you said, there are so many great moments. I absolutely love like the the bus scene, and um, I think though all of the the moments that I found myself really, really uh, like really enjoying are the moments where Katie was being serious hmm. um, because she's, she's a, a comedy comic relief sidekick kind of a character. And a lot of people hated her character because of this. Um, a lot of people like, I couldn't stand her. So annoying, whatever. But anytime she had to play the role of like, like I, I think the, the biggest example here is when they were in Shang-Chi's apartment just after the bus scene. Oh yeah. Mm -hmm. And she's like, she's angry at him because all of a sudden everything that she knew about him was completely a lie. And like, she's Aquafina is a very, very good actress. I, uh, through that scene, you could see, you could really, really sense how much, uh, she, she really wanted to know, uh, what the truth was and was hurt by the, by, having been lied to all of this time and then some of the other moments is like when they had the heart-to-heart -heart talk as they're waiting for the final battle to happen at, at night later on in the movie um, again just like brought it really really right down to earth and I thought that those conversations both of those two conversations were more honest than any of the other conversations in the movies just because of the um, the delivery from the the, the actors and just her whole arc, I thought, was fantastic. Uh, going from uh, like a devil may care kind of character at the beginning to to really understanding her role in in in, in the war that happened, but also I think her role in just life in general. Like she came to a good understanding of where she needed to be. Um, the reason why she picked up that arrow in the end was. Um, because of her loyalty to her friendship and I had her new family that she's made. And, you know, she delivers the death blow to the character, to the villain at the very end. I thought like, wow, no other character goes through as much as she does. I think I really mm -hmm. like that. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. There's like the, 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 I think with, with, with Shang, he's like hiding his potential through a lot of the story, even like he knows that it's there. And then obviously by the end, he discovers like the full extent or maybe not even the full extent, but like he begins to discover just how powerful he can be. Whereas for her, it's very like, it's this thing of, of realizing um, the potential. Yeah, she doesn't that, even realize that, at all. That, yeah. Yeah. It's like, it's a discovery sort of thing. No, they do. They do have, it's, they're like parallel arcs, but they're, but the, the, they're like similar trajectories, but almost like, um, well, I guess parallel, right? Like they, like they're not, they're not at the same height, but they're definitely going along the same. They thing, move along at the same pace. Yeah, yeah, it strengthens that relationship by the end of the movie because when they're in the bar at the end and telling the story, it's like, oh, they like they've gone through this thing together and come up, which which is refreshing because I think you talked about earlier that like there's no like. There's no like third act, like or end of second act betrayal from the main character, right? Like there's no, yeah, he doesn't yeah. lose all of his friends and then have to figure it out on his own sort of thing. It's like, no, no, no. She's yeah. there the whole time with him. Um, she, he relies on her skills 
throughout the movie. Like they, like they wouldn't have survived the maze without her driving the car, which we established earlier in the film. She's great at driving, right? Like, um, yeah, like there's, there's, there's a, there's a, a, an equality uh, between the characters that's really cool considering only one of them has their name on the title <laughs> that yeah. uh, that okay. that I think is surprising for the movie it was definitely something mm-hmm. that I ended up mm-hmm. walking away from it going like oh that, that I that, I thought Aquafina was going to be a supporting character I didn't realize she was going to be a lead like a co-lead right right um, and the fact that she she gets summoned by Wong in the at the very end yeah to yeah, be cool. be a part of of the, the journey like she's yeah fully in it yeah yeah for sure that's awesome cool amanda what do you got um i get to sort of amalgamate both of what i think parts of what you two are talking about um in that my favorite moment is probably the cliche it's the climax of the film it's the but but there's the moment that shang chi gets the rings and they circle Mm -hmm. him like that that like coming out of the 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 like debris or whatever and to be like i am now my potential and that that fight with his dad um a lot of what i really love about um complex characters is that when they are allowed to explore their darkness and there's something really important, I think, in this film about the fact that when Wu, what you were talking about, Mike, the story is motivated by love, which is a lot of times like they don't let villains really explore that part of it. Like, and I mean, a lot of villains, they're motivated by something strong. That's what that's what drives them. And but usually it's by like slighted love. It's not by like or that they like were abandoned. It's not like genuinely trying to to find I don't know, but they, they for Shang-Chi too, to be able to be a hero with a dark past and to admit to Katie, right, that he's like, I, I was who my dad wanted me to be and that that scares me and that he can't, and only by sort of realizing how much of his dad is in him and how much of his mm-hmm. mom is in him and that neither one is necessarily bad it's about how you sort of like use that and move forward the ability to i don't know maybe i'm reading too much into it it was also just a cool cgi like sequence but really just being able to see the rings change the color and him being able to to sort of them to to manipulate them not in the same way like they become this this symbol of sort of hatred and anger and like when when we was using them right it's usually really forceful they're 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 thrown and they're they're hucked and they're he, he like it, that like I'm just you can't see me because it's an audio podcast right but like <laughs> just like that sort of forceful fist yeah. right and for him and for Shang Chi his first experience being able to control these rings is him using that lightness from his mother and being like I'm going to take all of the love that I can and all of the power that I can and and transform that and for. For me, I, I often talk about this too because, you know, being the, the female voice on the podcast talking about like superheroes and all this stuff, there's a strength in femininity that is never really explored mm-hmm. in movies that are about killing and punching and beating. And yeah. so when we're able to be able to find the strength and the power in what his mother taught him and through his aunt and and that sort of a, a being able to be this, this culmination of both sides of himself, I just... I just absolutely love that. And that he gets the, 
the what you were saying, Mike, is that there's no real turn. There's no real betrayal. You sort of get it the whole time. You know that the dad's a bad guy, but he also is still his dad. It's yeah. not like he sits there being like, I hate you, father. Like he does. He wants to kill his dad, but also then he doesn't. He loves his dad and he's going to take what his dad is giving him and he's going to save the world with it. And I just think that that's just a cool to be able to have this complex character moving yep. through the the world. I'm really excited to see where he goes. And also, that was just such an epic sequence. Like I just, it's I just so love good. that. And then yep. it's just so great. Yeah. So I, that's, I, that's I, I'll moment. say, I don't think that you're reading too much into it because the Shang uh, using the 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 dragon technique to to mm-hmm. transform the rings and, and changing the color of them. We actually get, we do see it in that first scene. Um, uh, Ying Li does it she initially does sort of the, yeah, 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 when yeah, she, yeah, yeah. when she first fights Wenwu, right? Like she, mm-hmm. there is a moment where she takes the rings and they do turn gold. And then she sort of, she fires them back at him in like a, cause she's messing with him because she's so far mm-hmm. above yeah. his power level that he doesn't even understand <laughs> yeah. at the time. Right. Um, but I, uh, so they do foreshadow that. And then I do think that, that what you said about like, sort of like, like him having to confront that, that stuff with his father and tying back into what I said, and then tying into what Curtis said of that moment that they have the sort of the night before the big battle with Katie. And, and he says, like, he finally reveals the full truth of it, uh, that like, like, you know, like he was going to hit like uh, he did do it. Right. Like that, that's, that's, that's yeah, what it comes I down to. Is that like is, he did. Yeah. And she goes, and she's and like, hold up, yeah. hold up. You're not, this isn't like you, that, this was not a choice that you were given at the time you were 14 or 15 years old or whatever. Like you were a child and your father turned you into a weapon and, and pointed you in the direction of your mother's killer. Like, you you are not the one to blame for that he is right like you like you had a part in it but you but like now you have a choice right and i think and it's what her you do voice. with that and not to dwell on it yeah yeah, yeah. yeah. To, to be able to take it forward and be like is yeah. that who you are going to define yourself as a killer or are you going to realize how you can grow and yeah and and yeah so on. it's certainly her voice in his ear uh, in that, in those moments when, like, when a- after he comes out of, out of the water with the great protector, and then he confronts his father for the second time, and there's like, it's, there's it, there's a rebirth there, right? He goes into the water, he's almost yeah, dead. The yeah, dragon, yeah, died, the yeah. dragon breathes out the air bubbles, and they go into him. Like, if I I don't know mm-hmm. if everybody catches that on the first viewing, but mm-hmm. like he's literally he's drowning in the water because he's unconscious. And the great protector blows bubbles up and they, and Shang breathes them in the breath of the dragon. Right. And so like that, what his mother said to him earlier in the movie of like, you have that, the, 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 like basically the life force of the great protector in you already. And it's like, it's this moment where that gets reinforced. He comes out of there reborn as now like the superhero Shang-Chi. And, and it's in that moment that he makes the choice when fighting his father of like, I'm not going to kill you, right? I'm going to take the rings yeah. and they circle him and he has the um, unlimited power, right? Like he's, he's, he's yeah. achieved that level and he drops the rings. They all fall, right? Yeah. Like it's yeah. like, so you're, you are not reading into it. That is absolutely in the text. That's not even subtext as far as I'm concerned. Right, like yeah. that's, yeah. if you that's didn't positive. see that, it's because yeah. you weren't paying enough attention. <laughs> right. <laughs> um, yeah, no, for sure. 
I, I, yeah, this is going to be hard. This is the first one I think that we've done where this is actually really difficult. We're going to talk about the MVP of Shang-Chi. And honestly, I don't know because I could go like three or four different ways with this. I think Katie is a strong contender. You're going to say Morris. I think that Morris (laughs) is in there. I honestly do think that Morris is a really strong contender because he saves the day in the middle of the movie. Without Morris, we don't get it. I do also think that Trevor Slattery, in terms of like comedic weight, definitely like when we talk about MVP, it's like it's not just a a matter of like who's the strong character who comes in and saves the day. It's also like what where's the balance on this movie and and like what characters can come in and really like just sort of change the tone or or really bring a lightness to an uh, to an otherwise overly intense scene. And in the in the big battle when when morris runs up to 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 trevor and and yeah. and is like all sad that he's dead and he's like shut shut up I'm, I'm just acting come on yeah. like i i i yeah. get in character or whatever and then and then morris dies as well so i don't know i would almost i would put trevor slattery and morris as a duo like like that they that they would share the mvp if either one of them gets it but then i also think that like a character that we haven't talked about enough on this so maybe she deserves this is is Shaoling because I do yeah. think yeah. that yeah. that uh, uh, Munger Shang she, like she delivers an incredible this it's this is a debut performance. That's, right? Yeah, that I just I didn't realize that until I was oh, looking really? at it beforehand. That's that yeah. is she has holy nothing cow. else on her IMDb. It's that is amazing. Yeah, that like yeah. she's not been in anything else. And she shows up in this movie and absolutely holds her own against a lot of very, very strong performers. Right? Well, not been in anything else in American cinema that's recorded yeah. on IMDb. Yeah, like, yes, who knows well, yeah. what else she's done? That, yeah. But but see, here's the thing, Curtis. I'd like because I tried to Google. I was like, oh, that's obviously what it is on IMDb. It's like they're not listing her other credits. But I tried to do like a Google to sort of be like all the movies. Anyways, I wasn't. But wow. I, okay. I mean, I've. Well, I've I've heard from several other people that like, this is like, this is her like, like breakout moment. Right. That like, I don't know, maybe she did some like bit parts or something like that and other stuff. But like, this is the first time she's ever been a lead character in anything. And it's in a Marvel movie. And it's, yeah. Yeah. I came out of that movie thinking that like this movie shouldn't have been called Shang-Chi. It really should have been like, they should have both been headlining it because they were, they were, they had, equal equally important roles there Mm -hmm. and it oh she was totally in she was totally in china's supergirl tv singing contest and a bunch of other stuff and then something called in the mood for sorrow (laughs) where she was nominated for the leading actress award so she's she has been but she has a theater background which i love so she did actually a lot of theater which makes me like happy oh she's in finding mr destiny interesting yeah anyway sorry so so yes she has been in some stuff but but it's definitely her first sort of like Big blockbuster movie, right? Big, like, big blockbuster thing. Yeah, yeah, and a lot of it. A lot um, of the stuff is yeah. It's a, a lot of the stuff is um, musical based theater, which I think is fun. Well, she should have been uh, doing the karaoke at the end then. I wonder, if these are, <laughs> I wonder if these are. I wonder if these are musicals though. Like I'm actually now looking where I'm kind of like I. They're. You guys can let me know, but it's like the these seem like they're being called out as like. She won an award at the International Musical Festival. So now I'm wondering if these are musicals that she was. <laughs> That's like awesome. Because uh, she went to the she went to the Russian Russian Institute for Theater Arts, 
And I think that that's really, I don't know. She is born on the same day as me and a theater nerd. My goodness. (laughs) You guys are meant to be best friends. They're like besties. I need to call her up and tell her. Well, when you when you do tell her to let Simu know that he needs to to give me a call because I think that that he and I that have, you guys have, would be have a lot to connect okay. on. Yeah, cool. All right. I'm gonna be best friends with. Oh, I mean, we Shang-Chi. haven't even we haven't even talked about him being Canadian, which I just think is super rad. Yeah, but also totally. Toronto is different than Vancouver. <laughs> he's Canadian, but he's one of those Canadians. He's, so. he's like Toronto. I don't know. A lot of the stuff uh, that he talks about, I'm like, that's a very Toronto thing to say. Yeah. <laughs> but anyways, it's fine. Uh, it's fine. Yeah. What's their area code that they're always talking about? Nobody, no, nobody's the, ever like, Hey, oh, I'm from the 604. No one. No I know. One. No. Ugh. Uh, what is it? Is Drake. <laughs> that, uh, maybe yeah. him and Drake should be besties. They both love Toronto. Yeah, you might so be right. much. What is it? The um, seven, the seven o two, the seven two o. The se- I don't know. I don't it's something know. that nobody cares about. No. Um, but he could be an, an MVP because we haven't actually talked about him enough. <laughs> He's like, what about Simu Lu? I don't know. Like, what about Simu Lu? <laughs> like the main guy in the, the main movie guy? being awesome. No, yeah. I think the more the more that I talk about it, I I I think that I think that Shaolin should Shaolin. get it. Yeah. I, yeah. Um, I mean, especially I'm happy because, that. like that, I will that, say, the post credit scene is is one thousand percent hype, epic, and like in epic. a world where they're epic. like where they're where they're implying Avengers stuff with Shang and Katie, to then go like, yeah. yeah, but we're not done with the Ten Rings, and for me to go, you know what? I don't care about the Avengers stuff. I'm way <laughs> yeah, more interested in the Ten Rings yeah. because I want to see the rest of her story, right? So, I don't know. And her badass female assassin army. Come on. Yeah. That's yeah, gonna, yeah. That makes me happy. Like, the, like the Ten Rings versus the Widows. Oh my gosh, I would watch the crap out of that. I don't want. The, I don't want a versus. See, I want. I want to find out that the that those widows, like like all of the ones that were left at the end of of uh, of Black Widow, yeah. that they end up as part of the Ten Rings. That like oh, that, or at least some of on. them, right? <laughs> nice. Nice. That, that we I see that it. like link up. Crap out of that. It would be so yeah, good. Yeah, yeah. Like Disney Plus so series. Good. Here we come. Right. Uh, yeah, uh, yeah. And to, like, let's do a Disney Plus series that actually focuses on some gray area bad guys, right? It's like, oh, oh are they? Because because I want to see what what her plan is for for global domination. Because I yeah. don't, she's definitely going to do some crime, right? Like like uh, <laughs> uh, R- Ronnie Chang, uh, John John next to her is like he's yeah, definitely yeah. looking and going like we're going to do some crime, but uh, <laughs> but but I think that it's going to be like towards some altruistic ends, and that's where it's going to be interesting. Now we're talking about we've just transitioned into a, into a post credit scene, um, yeah. Yeah, which yeah, is great. Yeah, yeah. But uh, yeah, like I like I I think I think that that's sort of what they're building towards. There is like she's, I think that from like all good villains, she's the hero of her story, right? And and just like her father, which is going to be a really great juxtaposition for Shang, who we watched him go through it and make the the right choice according to our morality. Um, that like he looked at that and he went, no, I or won't your be morality. Murderer. I don't sure. know if we're all on the same page here. Okay, about... sure. No, I well, no, okay, I'm... Amanda. I don't know how you feel about murder, <laughs> uh, so, per, per, <laughs> specifically patricide, but that's fine. Um, I, maybe we should talk about that offline. I don't want you to indict yourself or anything. Um, <laughs> oh, <geez. laughs> 
<laughs> but I, yeah, but I, I, but yeah, like I'm, I'm really interested to see how they, how they now play these two characters off of each other because there, there will be, there's going to have to be a point where that, where that comes back together as an antagonistic relationship, right? Because yeah. they have very yeah. different ideologies because <gasps> of their very different and- experiences. Come on, I'm sorry for always playing the girl card here, but one thing that I am really waiting for is having a straight-up female villain mm-hmm. against a male hero. Yeah. Because also... We did that in Ragnarok. We tend to... Well, yeah, sure. The big, big hero, <laughs> the big, big guy, the big, big bad guy that actually killed everything was... Like, yeah, fine. That's fine. Yes, you have a good example. So, uh, yeah, I, I, no, I agree with your point, Amanda. But, Thor fought a they lot of people in obvious, Ragnarok. Right? He, That's true. He, I don't know. He, there yeah. was a lot of... There's a lot going on in that movie. In that, there's yeah. a lot of things going on in that. But yes, that's fair. She was the the primary, like, like yeah. antagonist. To yeah, him. in that movie, Surtur is like god. the dweller in darkness. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. I, I feel, I guess because because she was, she was godlike, I feel like people are less uh, disinclined to hit them. And I feel like that's fine. But it's, but just to have like a, like a regular, like human woman yeah. will be an interesting villain yeah. to allow yeah, her to be like, sure. fully like rise to power anyways but yes okay i'm glad they have done it they have done it once in the past in the MCU. <laughs> yeah film. they did it once <laughs> how many times did you do it once didn't we talk about this already you got one yeah. come on move on i know God. i'm so sorry you you, so you sorry. women you're but, you're all the same we yeah, give you give you an inch you take a mile i called you up both times i do I, I know. Thank you, Curtis. I appreciate you <laughs> checking me. Um, but I do like that they they can set up somebody that's going to have a similar amount of power to to play off that that man character, and you yeah. don't have to be yeah. like, oh, like we need girls to fight girls. And it's like, no, we can yeah. have just these powerful people that were both have the same father that imbued them with the same sort of ideologies and how they deal with that. I think is going to be really interesting to explore yeah. for sure. So for sure, let's talk. Let's talk about the other post credit scene. With well, hold on, hold on, hold on, hold on. Okay, wait, wait, ahead, wait, 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 wait. I'm just going to say that I'm going to stay true to uh, keeping my MVP as Katie. Okay. Ooh. <laughs> I just want to okay. throw do, that do out Do we there. need to, you, do we want to have a vote on this then? It, so, okay. Amanda, are you in no. agreement with me or do you have I, a different? Okay. Go, go ahead. Because uh, we haven't talked about him at all, but like Razor Fist is kind of fun. And for him, when he puts on the the, like, when he sort of just gives up and he's like, yeah, I'm going to put on the like, I get it. You guys are better than me. And I'm going to use your dragon scales because obviously that's beats my laser sword arm. No, he's not. He's not an MVP, but I don't want to vote against you guys. I think you're both right. I think you choosing the women (laughs) of the film here. I'll throw in. I don't know. I'll like I think uh 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 Ying Li also can be thrown in there because the story doesn't exist if she doesn't have the love that ties them all together. Yeah. Saves the day. Okay, so 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 then let's 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 do this because let's also throw Michelle Yeoh in there because we didn't okay. talk we also didn't talk nearly enough about Michelle Yeoh, but 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 also what's left to be said about Michelle Yeoh that hasn't already been said a thousand times because Michelle Yeoh yeah. is she has like a Midas touch, like everything that she, every character that she touches is amazing. Oh. Every, every time she shows up in something, I'm like, yep, let's go. Like when she shows up in Star Trek Discovery 
and then dies and then comes back and like oh, it, yeah. spoiler so, she's so good discovery come on for season Wait, one which back. is now i definitely, for, we're haven't, in I definitely four. haven't watched enough i haven't watched enough um, because i didn't know she comes back so uh, she's even better when she comes back. Uh, uh, yeah, like, uh, but just every time Michelle Yeoh shows up in something, which has been a lot lately, I, I, she, she's having, yeah. she's having a, a good time uh, these days. But I, I, yeah. So let's let's just take the the four of them: Katie, uh, uh, Shaoling, uh, uh, Ying Li, and Ying Nan, and say the the women in Shang Chi are the MVPs. Uh, each one of them deserves an MVP on their own. Uh, yeah, but, I support but it. Also, yeah. Uh, I in, it. in what could have been a very boy centric yeah. story, uh, we actually ended up getting a ve- like uh, like you said, Amanda. Like there's a there's a lot of like embracing the feminine in this, mm-hmm. but in like a in a very cool subversive way because they never actually say it. Like they never actually go out of <laughs> yeah. their way to point it out, but. Shang does win by embracing basically like the the Tai Chi fighting style, which is considered a much more like passive, like a weaker fighting style, but then shows that he can be even more powerful with it. Winnie Kamehameha is the dragon at the end. I uh, the bad dragon. Okay, I knew. I thought that that's what it was. That's I don't even know what that's from, but I do know that it's Dragon Kamehameha, Ball, right? And, Dragon Ball, yeah. and it's so, I love it so much. It's, it's not so exact. Cool. It's not exactly a Kamehameha because he because he throws the rings in and then he. I mean, I can imagine that it's. And then he thing. swirls them around, but it, he does do the pose for a second. But then instead of. A Kamehameha is like they do the 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 ball like to the side, like they take their two fists and ball the energy to the side and then shoot it out in front of them with their with their with like the open palms in front. Instead, he does this thing where like he does it and then he kind of like twists and puts his hand oh. like his arms out to the sides. So it's a little bit different because the he's like because the yeah because the rings are already in there and he sh- and he like pulls them out to shred the dweller apart, right? But but he, but. Simu himself has referred to it as the Kamehameha at the end of the movie. So it's like, it, it was very obviously an influence. It's, it's, it's from Dragon Ball and Dragon Ball Z. Um, most people would know Dragon oh, Ball Z. Oh, you know who could be another female MVP? The dragon. Because I think that it's a girl, right? I feel is like it? the dragon is I don't is, know. Is, I don't is, think is they the ever assign a gender, is, do they? I think they do. I think the great protector is a woman. Like, okay. or a female dragon. It's not a woman. <laughs> like. a, 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 a dragon woman. A woman dragon. A, a dragon. dragon a, a female dragon. Yeah. Because it also, uh, like, I think there's, again, if you're really leaning into that sort of feminine energy thing, I think, yeah, yeah. And the uh, in ancient times, she fought against the Dweller in Darkness and saved the realm of Talo. Like, okay. looking at the wiki, they refer to her as a woman. And I do think, again, it's, it's subversive because you don't, you don't, if you don't, pay attention to stuff like that right like i do where i picked up on the feminine pronoun used for the great protector you don't get in that female energy protector like vibes that i do think is such an important like it's it's just so it's important to this whole story about these sort of men that want to punch things right and you're kind of like but where does this real power and energy come from and a lot of in a lot of that cases it is it is through through these women that want to protect or these this female 
um, energy that wants to protect and 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 strengthen. Which makes yeah. sense because of like the whole like the whole water aspect of it, and that is like uh, it's uh, a lot of Chinese mythology. It's like a very feminine, you know, like that energy. Mm-hmm. So cool, awesome. That's that's even better. I uh, and I agree. So it's a five way split on the MVP this time. <laughs> I but it but but I just want to make sure that everybody understands. It's not diluted because it's a five way split. They all get equal uh, MVP trophies. They don't all have to share one yes. trophy. Okay. Yeah. That's um, right. uh, I, I, I just I wanted to make sure that we were clear on that because we are saying that it's uh, that all of the women. It's not the. It's not them together. It's that each individually them they're all individually awesome. they have yeah. done something outstanding and get their yeah. own. Uh, okay, now let's talk about Wong and the Avengers. Um, so that I think the key takeaway from this there's a there's some funny moments in it, right? Um, but I think that the key takeaway from this, which you know when we talk about post credit scenes, a lot of the time we're talking about setting up what comes next. Um, the the rings are a beacon for something. Oh yeah. In the context of thinking of the fact that Eternals was supposed to come first, and we were supposed to have the visual language of the Eternals technology, right? Of the of the celestial technology before we saw this movie, we don't end up having that. I it was still walking out of the theater. I still said. To Crystal, I was like, I'm pretty sure that that's a beacon for Galactus. Like, I think this is setting up. Oh. I don't think it's calling Galactus. I think it's calling the Silver Surfer. It's calling the Herald of Galactus, which happens to be at this point in time, or or traditionally in Marvel stories at this point in time, would be the Silver Surfer. Although there are other Heralds of Galactus. But um, I think that that's what we're setting up. And I think that this is actually probably the longest game right now in the MCU because I think that that um that Kang is the more immediate Avengers level threat that we're gonna have to deal with. Right. But I uh, but that Galactus is Eternals is establishing that. I think that this is establishing that and and I think like we're we're Kevin Feige is preparing us for a giant purple spaceman that wants to eat the planet. <laughs> Right. Because Eternals but, told us that that the planet is nourishing, like that, that, that the, the life force of of the intelligence of the human beings on, on Earth is appealing to a celestial. And now we've got this beacon that's more ancient than anything that Wong's ever seen and isn't in their archives. So it's clearly something very, very old. Well, what's older than the celestials? Nothing they created the universe right not the universe but the like the galactus is older than galactus galactus yeah. originally comes from the universe that existed before our universe exactly Whoa. he's pre pre big bang so and and he's the celestial that the other celestials are worried about right like like so we're establishing like there's a lot of pieces being laid out on the chessboard that and and we know that the fantastic four are coming I don't think that they're going to make the mistake that they made with the previous Fantastic Four incarnation where they're going to do Galactus in the second movie. I think that Galactus is what we're in phase four right now, right? Galactus is phase five at best. Galactus might even be further out than that because it is going to be a it's (laughs) getting us to the point where like galactus is coming is a thing that like people are like what what what, like okay he's gonna eat the planet 
that's a hard sell, I think, for the general audience. And then also getting to the point where we can say, and the Avengers and the Fantastic Four can actually stop him, especially with what we just established with the with the Celestials in Eternals. It's like, okay, uh, what's going on, right? Like, how, like how, how are the Avengers going to get powerful enough for that? But also, we've got Captain Marvel, who is currently like very op right so so we need a threat that's going to be big enough that captain marvel is going to be put on her back foot by by this character and we've got other characters coming totally dig often so captain marvel and shang chi together i think that could be fun yeah i i mean i think that there's a lot of dynamics with with shang and and various avengers and characters that haven't even been introduced yet um that uh, that could be really fun Mm-hmm. So, yeah, uh, do you good, do you guys idea. have any other any other theories, Curtis? Do you have any other theories on who this beacon could be calling? Well, I mean, the only other theory is, I mean, the rings aren't at all the same as the, how the rings are portrayed in the comics because the rings are literally yeah. ones that you wear on your fingers. Yeah. Um, and each one of the one each one of the rings has a different power. This, they're pretty much like the Infinity Stones, and I can understand why they wanted to change it for this movie mm-hmm. because if they come directly after the infinity stones is just derivative. So they've changed them, but the, the, the rings come from an alien race in the comics. And I would imagine that uh, they're just trying to, to, uh, you know, be a beacon to that alien race. And, but, you know, because this could go literally anywhere, Mm -hmm. uh, who knows? (laughs) (laughs) all bets are off right all bets are off but yeah i think i i just i think that with the fantastic they're they're called the makulans i think okay uh with the with the fantastic four being in the uh not too distant future of the mcu and knowing that like so John Watts is going to be done with Spider-Man in another week. <laughs> uh, and I think that one of the things that we're going to get from a lot of the press tour uh, is people asking him about Fantastic Four, which is what he'll be working on next. Uh, and as I've said before, if you think that John Watts working on Fantastic Four means that Spider-Man is not in that movie, then you are crazy. Spider-Man <laughs> will absolutely be in the Fantastic Four movie. Um but uh, uh, yeah, like it, I, I, we're introducing the Fantastic Four means that we get to have fun with several characters. Doctor Doom is one of those. And I think that that I, I actually don't think that they'll do Doctor Doom first. I think that they might establish Victor Von Doom in, in when they establish the Fantastic Four. But we might not get Doctor Doom until Fantastic Four 2. Um, but then we'll get. It might not be called Avengers, but whatever the next Avengers sort of thing is, I think I think that we might we might end up with with uh, with Galactus uh, sort of post Fantastic Four next Avengers story, um, which could be phase five. Uh, the other thing they might throw us a curveball. Kevin Feige might know that that a lot of us see that coming. And and he might be like, hey, we've got mutants coming. We're going to do Onslaught. And then we're going to do Heroes Reborn so that we can reboot Captain America and Iron Man. <laughs> right? Like, it, it, there's there's a lot of potential for <laughs> when we get that far into the future of the MCU and like a 10 to 20 year plan. It's like they could they could actually be planning to do a lot of things that we don't see coming. Um, but uh, yeah. Um, 
you know, I just realized that um, the 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 ring, the beacon of the rings, could actually just have to do with Shang Chi number two, mm-hmm. rather than anything else, because one of the Makulans, the alien race that created the rings, is Fin Fang Foom, who is a giant alien dragon that is. It, it's the the design of the characters definitely modeled after the typical a- Asian dragon. A lot of Asian kind of characteristics features. But wearing big purple shorts. <laughs> no, 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 no shorts. Just just, just a dragon. <laughs> okay. Fang Foom sometimes has the big purple shorts. Oh really? Uh, yeah, <laughs> yeah. Me. Sometimes, <laughs> sometimes. Well, yeah, you know, he it's gets that, it's reinterpreted all style, the time. Right? Yeah, yeah, um, totally. I. Yeah, no, I think think Fang Foom is absolutely a character that could that could show up, and that would be really cool. But yeah, not that's not an Avengers. I'm inclined to believe what Curtis is saying. That I I get where you're going, where you're like, we don't Mm -hmm. even imagine like they're setting all these really long games. But I also feel like they don't have to. They can just play like a year at a time, and I think we're all just on board for it. So I I feel like it might be sooner. Like the payoff for this is going to come sooner than we think. You think so? Like, I, yeah. know, I was and expecting it to come like almost immediately. So, Shang-Chi doesn't really have a rogues gallery or anything like that. So, bringing in another one of these um, Asian influenced characters yeah. to to be to exist in this world that we've already created here is probably the way to go. So, let, let me tell you what what I want to see with the the extending the Shang-Chi universe. I want to see. I want to see them, especially if if we're gonna get which they've they've. Uh, Kevin Feige said last week that if here these were his words, if Daredevil shows up, it will absolutely be Charlie Cox, right? Who played Daredevil yep. in the Netflix series? That is right. not a confirmation that Daredevil is in anything. Um, uh, we we might know by the end of this week, one way or another. There are there are two different ways that we could find out this week that Charlie Cox is reprising the role of Daredevil. Yeah. Well, um, and I'm still holding out hope that. Um, that Vincent D'Onofrio is going to be kingpin yeah. at the end of Hawkeye. Yeah, I and 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 I I, I think that that's a, that's a very high likelihood at this point. I I but um, if if that is the case, and we are going to establish that the net, that a version of the Netflix characters exist in the MCU, maybe not exactly their stories. Maybe it doesn't yeah. matter, and we don't need to actually answer that question or not. My hope is that. Let's just forget about Danny Rand as the Iron Fist. We're never going to we're like let's just take that character aside. We don't need to reboot him as an Asian character. Let's just pretend that Danny Rand doesn't exist in the MCU and let's just bring uh uh Jessica Henwick as uh oh what's her character's name? Colleen Wing, right? Colleen Wing. Yeah. yeah. Let's just bring her in as the Iron Fist alongside Shang-Chi. <laughs> <laughs> let's just well, do it you know what? like let's just do it they both have dragon powers they, but yeah. they've also they've also made their there's no need for the iron fist to exist in the mcu because literally shang chi gets his powers from a dragon and that's well that's yeah the this same is thing. <laughs> this whole movie is basically the iron fist story with yeah. shalal the undying and the secret yeah. the secret kingdom and everything yeah it's, it's very it's, similar exactly it's very similar but that's but they just, could they could I, easily I bring Jessica that over Henwick though in in uh, in the MCU. That's all. I just want at to the know. at the very end of yeah. Iron Fist season two, they yeah. get to they get to go to the Hidden Kingdom. What if yeah. that Hidden Kingdom is the same one that Shang Chi visited in this movie? 
it's it's all it maybe not a, maybe it's not Talo, right? Maybe it's not the village, but maybe it's like a in the mountains, <laughs> like yeah. another like a fortress or something like that. Could be cool. Yeah, I, it's just uh, that's Take just me together. wanting wanting some fulfillment on the promise of of season two of Iron Fist, which I know that not most people are not fans of of Iron Fist and that whole Netflix Marvel thing. Um, yeah, and I understand I why well. they're not, but but I'm a big fan of Jessica Henwick, so yes, I, me too. Uh, I I think that that character deserves it, and I also also I'm just going to put this out there: <laughs> we really need to see a conclusion to that Luke Cage story. It's not fair that it got left where it got left. Um, <laughs> but uh, yeah, uh, Netflix MCU connection. Blah, blah, blah. Maybe we'll have more to say about that on the next episode. I'm sure we will. I I recommended reading. Let us know what 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 should we be picking up? Well, Shang Chi is an interesting char- character because he is his appearances in the Marvel universe are few and far between. Like I said, he was created in the in the seventies, and his actual title, his actual comic book in the seventies, Master of Kung Fu, lasted for one hundred and twenty five issues. So there's actually a lot of material there, um, but that's it all contains licensed characters like uh, Fu Manchu and a bunch of the supporting cast characters from those books. Mm-hmm. So they don't get reprinted very much at all because Marvel doesn't want to to shell out the, the, the money to, to reprint it's it. A, Plus also is also yeah. racist. So they're not really going to go. In it's that kind of a song, of song of the South situation. Let's replace that yeah. with a princess and the frog ride. Uh, <laughs> so yeah, exactly. Yeah. But I mean, they did get the rights and they reprinted it in full in the huge omnibus collections recently and did a few of the epic collection, smaller trades, but um, it's not at all the same. It's not at all the same as this movie. So if you're interested in this movie and want to read stuff, I would actually recommend some newer reading. Um, one of the, the best comic writers that's out there right now, his name is Gene Luen Yang, and he did a Shang-Chi uh, miniseries. Just, uh, it, was to, it was supposed to coincide when this movie first came out, so it was, it was about a year and a half ago or so that it came <laughs> yeah. out, and it's really good. Uh, and it kind of is more in line with how the movie portrays the character, and it uh, it jump starts a lot of a lot of the uh, the like it, it's the one where they reinterpret the father figure and everything like that. And Gene Luen Yang is just a good author altogether. He's done some amazing work with a, a book that's won a ton of awards called American Born Chinese about kind of his upbringing. Um, Mm -hmm. and, uh, uh, dragon hoops is another one. And he also wrote Superman for a while and, uh, made his own Asian. Yeah. My favorite, uh, uh, Superman story. Yeah. No, I think I did establish that it's my favorite now. The Superman smashes the clan. Uh, yeah, he did that yeah, one too. Yeah, yeah, exactly. So phenomenal, he's done it. Phenomenal. But he also wrote the mainstream Superman comic, which, um, was, I, I believe the first time. Maybe not the first time an Asian person has written Superman, but um, but definitely no, noteworthy as well. Yeah. So, yeah. So I think that's where you you can go with that. There's also um, an all ages title called Marvel vs. Shang Chi that young readers can pick up, which is just kind of a hodgepodge of different issues that Shang Chi's been on. But there's not a whole lot of reading you can do with him just because he's less popular than. Yeah. Guardians of the Galaxy has been in the comics <laughs> over the years. Cool. Um, I'm sure that we're going to get a lot more Shang-Chi comics uh, in the coming, and he'll be in 
Avengers teams and all sorts of things. Oh, no, he already joined the Avengers. Yeah, yeah he joined yeah, the Avengers. Yeah. Um, in cool. the we, Matt Fraction run. Oh, nice. Yeah. I'm so behind on all the Marvel stuff. It's like, because it's so hard to follow any of it. Just yeah. trying to keep up with X-Men for 15 minutes is like, uh, here, read oh, yeah. these 15 books. Um, yeah, <laughs> it's, it's ridiculous. I, I I don't know when Marvel and DC are going to realize that their problem isn't that they need to put out more books, but they actually need to put out less books that are higher quality. But that's fine. That's not how that industry works. So uh, you just have to wait until everybody else has read everything and get recommendations. Um, next up is going to be Spider-Man. Uh, I, yep. And as we are recording this, people have seen it. And the, and I was just on Twitter looking at some reviews. I know. Me too. I was like, oh, man, stop looking. <laughs> the reviews are positive. So, um yeah. Yep. I, I I'm excited. I'm excited. We uh, uh, to peek behind the curtain. We're uh, Amanda. Unfortunately, you're not. You can't come because you're going to be. Uh, you're on your way to the Okanagan, right? I also wasn't invited, so yeah. you know. One of well, the I two. thought. I think I already knew that, <laughs> but I already knew that you weren't. You you weren't going to be in town or whatever. I'm, but I'm here Thursday. Are you here but Thursday? It's okay. Oh, okay. I have plan. I have plans. Like I say, I have yeah, plans. Yeah. Yeah. Um. Good. But but well, thank uh, you. I appreciate the thought. We're uh, yeah, you guys we're, are all going right. Yeah, we're we're double dating. Uh, I, Curtis and I are, are going with the wives uh, to go see Spider Man, yep. which is very uh, it's very exciting. You know, it, we've gone to movies before, but uh, we usually have kids with us, and this is uh, Ooh, th- this is an adults out. only situation, which I'm <laughs> yeah. very excited about. I'm very excited uh-huh. for. Um, Me too. It's going to be good. The VIP yeah. treatment as well. Yeah. Absolutely. Uh, <laughs> awesome. That's it. We don't have a sign off for this show. So I always, it's always a weird, clunky, awkward ending. Thank you guys for listening. Uh, we'll be back next week with, uh, with an episode of the Thunder Quack podcast. Amanda and I will be talking about the matrix revolution. So that's your, uh, that's your required viewing for that. Um, mm-hmm. uh, go, go watch the matrix revolutions in advance of the matrix resurrections. Uh, which is the week after, uh, which Curtis, you and I are also going to see together. I, yeah, I, yeah, we got uh, a single date. I was also yeah. not invited to, but thanks, guys. <laughs> that one I know you're not here for. <laughs> it's okay because that's two days before I Christmas. Go with you, anyways. Yeah, 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 I know. Um, okay, it's fine. Uh, Amanda's <laughs> acting offended, but she's not. <laughs> I, I, no, it's okay. I'm fine. But uh, yeah, so so next episode of the Thunderquack podcast, we're going to be talking about the Matrix Revolutions. Hopefully it's as positive an episode as our reloaded one was. It's funny because I'm, I'm listening to another podcast and they did their reloaded uh, sort of rewatch thing. I, I happened after our like it came out uh, in the middle of the week and uh, and I listened to it and they were not they weren't like half as positive as we were, but it was also a bunch of boys. So I, the, I don't think that they, cause, Boys, cause, because do? our vibe on that, I'm talking about reloaded was like, we were talking about the, the sort of the, the love angles of it and, and that right. hypersexualization of that story as an allegory and all of that sort of like, we got into sort of the mythology stuff of it, talking about Persephone and Hades and 
all that. They did not talk about any of that. They were just like, yeah, the action sequences were good, but they were kind of too long and the CG was bad. And it was like, oh yeah, yeah. Okay. I mean, like the, well, these are all knows points. Those. You can check the boxes, yeah. Yeah, yeah. no, those are the but points that cool. we made yeah. as well. Yeah. But then we went like, but but also like the metaphorical stuff in this one is actually pretty good if you stop and smell the roses a little bit on it. So hopefully revolutions, we, we have the same response, but I don't have high hopes, but that's a good place to be. That's as better than where I'm at with Spider-Man, which is where I like my expectations are. <laughs> they're astronomically high, which means that like they got to top that in order for me to come uh, away going or at least meet it. Right. They have to, to yeah. at least meet those expectations. So um, awesome. Also, just a reminder to everybody to be watching Hawkeye. Uh, if you haven't started it yet, I highly suggest that you get into it like now, uh, if you're listening to this as the episode comes out, because it is very much a Christmas story and um, it's enhanced by viewing during the Christmas season. I think um, cool. I don't yeah. have a, I don't I can't compare that to viewing it outside of the Christmas season because it's obviously just coming out right now and it's Christmas time. But um, but but it is a very Christmas centric story. Um it's not like trying to say that Die Hard is a Christmas movie. Like, no, this is like Hawkeye is a Christmas story. So, um, yeah, definitely, definitely be watching that. Also, like on top of that, it's very, very good. Uh, Haley Steinfeld is amazing um, and and like overshadowing Jeremy Renner, who I actually like as Hawkeye quite a bit. So. Um, like which I think is really, the purpose. Really it. Oh, for sure. Yeah, it's yeah, a, yeah. it's a, it's yeah, a passing yeah, the torch for it's sure. It's a passing the, yeah, passing the yeah. torch. It's awesome. Um, but yeah, you could you couldn't ask for a better Kate Bishop. We will talk a lot more about that sometime in maybe January or February. I don't know. Uh, I haven't looked. We should that have far a schedule for schedule. Nuff said somewhere. I feel like people need to know what well, we're we, actually. We making. do. I mean, it, the <laughs> next one is in four weeks, and it's going to be Spider Man, and then Hawkeye is another four weeks after that. I'm pretty sure that puts it in February. But uh, <laughs> I, uh, so we'll be talking about a Christmas story in February, but that's because we got to talk about Spider Man as soon as possible. I, there you go. Thank you guys for listening. Thank you, Amanda and Curtis, for uh, talking at length about Shang-Chi with me. A pleasure um, as always. Yeah. yeah. And uh, go listen to the Epic Marvel podcast, especially if you like Shang-Chi. Go listen to the to, to that episode Curtis mentioned. Uh, yep. Talking with the creator. Um, and, uh, and, and, and please also come back. Do you know what? Everybody listening to this already listens to the Thunderquack podcast. I don't think we have anybody who just listens to Nuff Said. But, but if you do maybe also try listening to just Amanda and I arguing for two hours. Um, <laughs> it's enjoyable. We promise. Yeah. Go yeah, to Patreon. If you want to patreon.com slash thunderquack uh, and, uh, and support us over there. Uh, but thank you guys. And uh, we'll catch you on the next one. Follow the Thunderquack podcast on Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook by searching the Thunderquack podcast. You can support us in three ways. First, by heading to the podcast service of your choice and leaving a rating and review. Second, by going to store.thunderquack.com to pick up some merch from your favorite podcasts. And last but not least, by heading to patreon.com thunderquack to kick in with your monthly pledge of support and get cool rewards like early access and extended episodes. The Thunderquack Podcast is the official podcast of thunderquack.com. Head to thunderquack.com to discover more great podcasts.